Welcome to The Devil's Cut, a podcast all about the media that goes bump in the night. If it's scary, spooky, or spine-tingling, we're here to talk about it. I'm Matt Young, and I'm here with my groovy co-host. Ooh, groovy. Eric Rossi. How are we doing today, Rossi? We, well, I mean, I don't know about you. I'm doing great. I saw an entire bucket of popcorn get thrown, like, four or five feet in the air. So that was a real treat. Oh, I love that. I love a good popcorn throw in the theater you know it, it, it's one of those one of those m- things that really is the good part of the movie going the theater going experience you know for horror movies the the people screaming and the popcorn throwing that's always a good time it was like but, a full like two gallons worth of popcorn i was like holy shit that's crazy i can't imagine being that scared but it's so it's you love to see <laughs> it though but you know what i used to work at a movie theater f- and when i was was working there i was like fuck these people tossing popcorn what are we children (laughs) (laughs) those poor ushers but you know they signed up for it i guess uh but yeah so we are here today to talk about uh the brand new release evil dead rise this is the one two three four fifth uh installment in the yeah i had to do a little count there uh, the fifth installment of the Evil Dead franchise, not counting the what I believe is a three season long uh, series from, I don't know, stars or something. Correct. Um, so, yeah, why don't we get into our just like uh, general feelings? Why don't you go first since you ju- are f- fresh out of the movie? I mean, it was what, like an hour ago you saw it? <laughs> yeah. So I saw it uh, opening weekend. I had I had a pretty good matinee experience. Wasn't particularly crowded. So it was a, a very nice. Uh, I got to kind of see it. Love it. And, in a pretty chill theater and then the uh had about a week in between maybe a week and a half in between and uh just went and saw it and it was just as good just as fucking good i took some good notes sat way up in the back and uh there was a good crowd they were having a good time lots of laughs mm. yeah i think I, I i just really enjoyed myself i was concerned that that following the last one the uh i think it's the 2013 remake yeah, just titled evil dead i was concerned it was gonna you know be a little a little flat by comparison but i uh, i think it had some real some real strengths of its own uh yeah i actually i i too had the same worry that it wasn't gonna live up because the 2013 evil dead i don't know if we've ever discussed it like in depth it, for me it is one of my i'd say it's in my top five favorite horror movies i had never seen any of the other Evil Deads before that one. But even without the context of the rest of the series, which you don't really need anyway, but like even not having been like a lifelong Evil Dead fan, I saw that and I like just fell in love with it. It's so, it is exactly what I want out of a horror movie. It's scary. It's a little bit funny. And you know what? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a gore guy, you know? So give me, give me buckets and buckets of blood. You know, if, if you can get all those in there, a little scary, a little funny, tons of blood and creative. They're very creative with their kills, the Evil Dead series as a whole. Uh, but the 2013 one was, uh, no slouch in that department. So like that one, absolutely not. No, <laughs> no that that tur- record breaking for blood. Actually, that turkey, that turkey slicer, man. Oh, I love that scene. But yeah, so I I love that movie so much. So I was worried that you know I I, I was ha- my hopes were going to be too high, and I'd come out. I didn't think I was going to be disappointed, 
but I, I was worried I would be a, a little let down, a little deflated. But you know what? I, I was so happy when I came out of this movie because I also saw it opening weekend. And I, I, I was extra elated because not only was I not let down, it was so much fun and so good. And it, like it, it had it hit all the same plot, uh, the same points that I that I lined out. But in different ways that were all just as good. It was so much fun. It's not like, oh, it's so much better than the, the 2013 one or better than the other Evil Dead movies. It's just another good Evil Dead movie. Yeah, yeah. They're it, all it, good. It, <laughs> it just it perfectly slots into the, the lineage there. It, it brings some fun new stuff to the table and kind of interprets like, you know, its predecessors and... I think very skillfully kind of speaks the same language of Evil Dead without, you know, being a beat for beat kind of cousin of of the 2013. Yeah, which which is great. Yeah, because obviously I hadn't seen the other Evil Dead movies before 2013. I I then went went in and watched them afterwards, but I'd say like the one detractor from 2013 is that it basically is just a rewrite of the original. Yeah, it's a very true-to-form remake. Yeah, but what I loved about this is it takes all the Evil Dead that came before it, and it just goes, well, let's, like, keep that whole vibe, and we'll keep the lore and everything, but let's just put it somewhere new. Try try some other. What, what happens if we do it here instead? It's just, it's just so fun. And, I mean, we're really going to have a good time, re, you know, recapping it and talking about it. But, like, re, yeah, it, as far as first impressions for me, I loved it. Um, I've also seen it twice, and I wasn't, you know, disappointed the second time either. It, it's, for me, they knocked it out of the park. Uh, this one's definitely <coughs> going to be in my, come January, this one's going to be in my uh, uh, be- best of 2023 list for sure. Oh, your top for 10. For sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll be much of an argument between... <laughs> between either of us for the title uh it it stands out in a year already like chock full of heaters Mm -hmm. and there's just more good shit on the horizon and i'm i'm very excited to see where it stacks up Yeah, this year is pretty stacked um but but i i'm i'm very confident that this will be in my top 10 probably top five but i'm gonna you know i'm not gonna you know put the cart before the horse on that one we still got a lot of year left but uh but yeah so do we want to get into some let's talk some numbers some numbers yeah some, some analytics evil dead rise 2023 comes in at a breezy and beautiful 96 minutes this movie gets to its point it does its job doesn't need any more time it's in and out it was sticks wonderful. the landing gets right off the stage wonderful. perfect it is uh it had a budget now he, listen to this budget of 12 million dollars which is I mean, pretty, pretty, right. A, a little expensive for a horror movie, but not that much. Nah, not too bad. You know, uh, I think what was Pope's 18 or something. Yeah, but they half of that was Russell Crowe. <laughs> they just had to pay, pay him half the budget of the movie. Um, but yeah, so $12 million. Uh, <laughs> as of uh, the 5th uh, worldwide, it has grossed just shy of $94 million. So this movie. Oh, Matt, I have news. I looked at it this morning. It is over a hundred. Oh baby, we did it. We, have we crossed, crossed the, the threshold. We crossed the threshold. We're in uh, six. How many? Nine figures? Ten? Figures? Lots of figures. Nine. Nine figures. Man, <laughs> nine math. Good thing we don't do a math podcast. Am I right? <laughs> yeah, this is not a finance bro podcast. Do you think there are math podcasts? There are absolutely math podcasts. Have you ever listened to NPR? <laughs> the shit that they talk about on there. There's definitely math podcasts. I guess that that's kind of like a math podcast, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so it has made tons of money, which is well-earned. 
the movie was written and directed by Lee Cronin, who uh, is basically like exclusively a horror writer and director, but he has a pretty limited um, catalog. Yeah, catalog. He's really hasn't done all that many things. He's known for a movie called The Hole in the, Gro- in the Ground, which came out in 2019, which I'm not familiar with. I think I know. It's where the the lady's kid goes into the hole and then he comes out weird. <laughs> and he comes out weird. Yeah. I read the little synopsis about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, basically like all, all of the like four or five, I think, like movies he's credited for, they're all horror thriller movies. So he knows what he wants to do, I guess. <laughs> we love a, jo- a genre <laughs> dedicated film. Yeah. <laughs> Genre consistent filmmaker. So yes, written and directed by Lee Cronin, starring Lily Sullivan as Beth, who I swear the entire movie, I was like, I know I've seen her before. I know what she's in, but I can't put my finger on it. I don't know anything that she's been in. I don't know why she looks so familiar to me. I mean, we've been seeing this trailer for a while now. <laughs> like, well, I'm yeah, sure, but I'm sure I know, the face I know is how embedded. to separate. I know how to separate her from from the movie I'm watching, you know, <laughs> to like other things I've seen her in. But yeah, she's in nothing I've seen before. Um, so Lily Sullivan is Beth, uh, Alyssa Sutherland, just killing it as Ellie. Tour de force. Uh, Gabriel Eccles. Is, yeah, to- a real tour de force for for Alyssa Sutherland. Gabriel Eccles is Bridget, Morgan Davies is Danny, and Nell Fisher is Cassie, among others, but our main that's our main cast. One little uh, a, a pre-trivia, if you will. Pre-trivia. Ooh. Yeah, sort of trivia, but it, it has to do with the um the filmmaking itself. The costume designer, Sarah Voon, uh, and the uh lead editor, Brian Shaw, were both the costume designer and lead editor from the 2013 Evil Dead movie. Oh, look at so that. they brought him back. There's also a few makeup artists who crossed over from the Ash vs. the Evil Dead uh, series. So we had a lot of people who have already been sort of like steeped in the Evil Dead universe for a while. That's uh, fantastic. Which I think is really it's fun. It's good to see. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that, they you know. They take care of their own. I don't know if it's, if it was like a, a, it has to be like a conscious choice, right? Like, I don't know what say the director has and like who the, I don't know, concept designer or editors are, but like, I have to imagine like somebody was like, well, you've already, you did that other really great Evil Dead movie. Let's bring you back, you know? Well, I mean, but- it's it's co-produced by, by Bruce Campbell, right? Like, I'm sure, I'm sure he had some oh, yeah. hand in being like, hey, we have a good crew for this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, you are correct. Let's get it's them probably, back. You know. Um, so that was my quick little pre-trivia. Now on to the actual trivia that I have. Um, and this is what I touched on a little bit before about why it's coming uh, when we, you know, before we recorded. Um, I was saying that this movie is actually coming to um, digital release rel- relatively soon. Like I think it on the 9th, so like a couple days from now. It's because um, Evil Dead Rise was originally meant to release exclusively through HBO Max. Um, but it performed so strongly in test screenings that the studio was like, nah, get this bitch in the theater. I, I, I don't understand why they would even come at this project making it uh, stream only. That would be... Such a letdown because it was so fun in theaters and it looked great on the big screen. Well, I think it was mostly because that was when when those decisions were being made. I think we were still sort of in the throes of like, you know, are, are we staying inside? Are we going out again? You know, kind of like, you know, reasonable suspicion, COVID, <laughs> you know, um, and, and, and HBO Max was the they had that whole controversy about like everything's going straight to streaming you know like so yeah it but but i you know again this movie performed so well they were like nah put in the theaters um director lee cronin was 
uh, had stated in an interview that they used 1,700 gallons of fake blood for this movie. 1,700? Yes. 1,720 gallons to be exact. Okay, it's okay. a lot of corn seed. That is a lot. I think I think um, the previous one still holds the record, It though. has to. That movie ends with it raining blood for, like, the last 30, not 30 minutes, but, like, the last 15 minutes. It's just I can't remember if nonstop. it's 7,000 or 70,000 gallons of both blood seem like used a, in a, that. Bo- both seem like an amount that I can't picture in my head, so I believe either one. I'm going to look that up real quick. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Um, well, while you're looking that up, I'll go on to my next uh, bit of trivia, which I think is actually really, this one I think is interesting, and I would be curious to know how many movies are filmed this way, but apparently this movie was filmed in chronological order. Interesting. Like, they filmed from, like, the beginning of the script to the end in order, which... Mm. I would like to know how like the the sets do get progressively fucked up. So like I I think it kind of makes sense. Right. Yeah. I I, you think it's because the the movie is set in such a a, a tiny space that it makes more sense to film that way. Probably. Whereas if you're filming a movie with lots of different locations, it's like whatever, just film whatever is the most convenient at the time. Yeah. And I I think it's a resource thing, too. Right. Because like if you're going back and forth, hey, we need the set to look like the end of the movie we need to look at the beginning of the movie that involves like yeah. a lot of downtime you're right you're right yeah that's so and it's i because i always thought like if i were an actor that would be like really difficult for me to like be like oh i'm end of the movie character now and not but that but now like in, in next week i'll be beginning of the movie character i'd be like i can't do it what i'm saying is i'd basically be a method actor and i have to go straight like oh it, it is seventy thousand <laughs> gallons of blood for the last one Wow. Well, yeah, that is so much. But again, it makes sense because it ends, the movie ends with it raining blood for the last chunk. Funny thing is they used um, – the reason they used so much was they wanted to beat the record prior, which was The Shining, and they used about 50,000 gallons of blood in their like elevator blood wave scene. Yeah. Their blood uh, wave scene in this movie is kind of like a shout out to them for like breaking their record in the other movie. Oh, that's so fun. Another fun thing, uh, all of the characters in this movie are named after the actors that had previously appeared in other Evil Dead movies. Oh, okay. That's an interesting uh, way I, to go I, about I was, it. I, I had begun the process of like compiling a list of that, but it started to give me a headache and I went, nah, they could, the listeners can figure that one out on their own. <laughs> Uh, and the my final bit of trivia for now, because I'll splice in some other stuff later, because um, I didn't want to give away too many spoilers. Um, but my final one for now, which may also be the wildest one I've read, I, I have no. Again, this is IMDb trivia, so unsubstantiated. Like a, every take everything with like a giant wad of salt. Um, apparently to get into the, the, the alternate personality of her character, the, the, the demon possessed side, Alyssa Sutherland took inspiration from Jim Carrey's performance in The Mask, (laughs) (laughs) which was just, I was like, okay, weird one to pick of all of the horror movies to about demonic possession and all the real accounts of demonic possession to like like grab from you know where she pulled that one out of is so crazy a really good move if if it's true i think it's a really good move acting wise because you're you know you're playing the like 
lead deadite in this movie and they're kind of known for like hamming it up so it's a pretty good like use as a building block acting wise because you're like well if i get extra goofy with it make the violence look extra like crazy right by but you know juxtaposed against each other (laughs) yeah Glad we had the same uh, SAT word like lodged in our brain for that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's my, you know, that's the trivia. Those are the numbers. This movie is performed extremely well uh, by all accounts. Uh, and we are certainly not the only ones, if anybody's been keeping up with reviews. We're not the only ones that feel this way. It's a very fun movie. Huge recommend. If you have a chance, please go see it in theaters. But that being said, we're going to get into big time spoiler territory now, right? So we're going to we're going to bust this yeah. thing wide open. Yeah, <laughs> like a like a fresh skull beneath a deadite's foot. Gross. Yeah. 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 So uh, <laughs> now's the time to pause it and go see the movie. Uh, if if you keep going, well, then that's your fault. Um, and this comes out, so, it'll probably be on <laughs> HBO, right? So if, yeah, go watch yeah. it. You'll you'll. Yeah, you'll be able to just literally pause it and go to your living room right now and watch it. Uh, but yeah, so why don't we? Uh, have you been? You've been putting like transition noises between the segments, right? So yes, hit it. yes, there are. <laughs> <laughs> Evil Dead Rise. We are opening in the woods. We are kind of doing a opening title uh, or opening credits kind of scroll as we're like zipping through the woods kind of reminiscent of the uh yeah the classic kind of evil dead like pov flying through the woods shot but it's a really fun twist it is a fun twist if you've ever seen the an evil dead movie you know this sort of like sam raimi zoomy camera you know trick that they do so that's that's here in full force um and actually that's just to even pause it right now so the that like camera shot is always in like you're basically it's us seeing the point of view of the um the like main antagonist of the evil dead movies which is the um the kandarian demon i did not know its name <laughs> it, it, yeah well when, yeah so when you hear um the the like the rituals being read from the the necronomicon um you hear the word like Kondok and like Kondar and stuff a lot. So the it's the demon's name is the it's the Kondarian demon. Um Lore <laughs> But we're zooming through the woods and uh we come to a space, a clearing over the, a lake, and uh we're flying past this dock and we almost crash right into this woman's head and it kinda changes POVs and we realize We've been looking at a drone. There's been a drone flying around. And uh, this dude starts walking down off the dock. And he's got yeah. this fucking... I loved that twist. Too. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good a good way to modernize that kind of thing. Uh, exactly. But we fly by this girl reading a book on the end of the dock. She seems pissed. And uh, we realize that there's another guy walking down the dock. And he's got these like VR like headset goggles for the uh drone so like he sees in the goggles whatever the drone sees i was dying laughing because a couple weeks ago when i was at the pool at my other apartment there was a guy using these and i was <laughs> like wow i'm in the future this is it here we are 
get me out of the Matrix. I, I, don't know. I mean, it kind of does sound a little fun to, to find one, but, like, I don't want to be a drone guy. You know, that's, like, one of the things I would least want to become. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I feel like drone guy. <laughs> it becomes, like, their whole personality. Uh, yeah, drone guy is right up there with acoustic guitar guy and uh, model trains <laughs> divorcee. It basically is the new model trains. Like, there's no more model train guys. It's just drone guys. They've converted. Um, but we, we, cut, we <laughs> cut from there as... Uh, they kind of bicker about like, hey, you shouldn't like fly that so close to people. You almost like hit me in the fucking face. And uh, the girl gets up off the dock and she walks back towards the house. We finally see like a cabin kind of in this little valley between these two hills. It's this really cool, like head on, straight on shot. Dude, I love of this the cabin. cabin. It's like an A-frame cabin. It looked awesome. Yeah, this cabin rocks. But I gotta say, it. It must be so hard to be a realtor for like A-frame structures because nothing ever good happens in one in a movie. Any single time you see one of these things no. in a movie, it's like, well, that bad thing's about to happen. Yeah, you know it's bad news for whoever rented that Airbnb. Uh, so she heads inside and she heads upstairs. We hear kind of like some groaning coming from another room and we find uh, her friend Jessica who is laying yes. face down on the bed. She looks like she's kind of like hung over or sick maybe. Sure. And <laughs> sure, that's what she is. Find out that the girl on the end of the dock is her cousin and this is Jessica. So her her cousin is like, "Hey, like, you know, can you like wake up and start feeling better because I'm sick of dealing with your annoying ass boyfriend?" And uh, she sits down to kind of read a book cuz she realizes that this girl is not getting up anytime soon. <laughs> she starts reading Withering Heights. Have you ever read this? I've never read this book. Uh, it's an Emily Dickinson book, Withering, Withering Heights. Um, I've never read it. It was probably required reading in high school, but I didn't read anything that was required of me in high school. So, um, but I'm fair. I'm familiar with it. But so she starts. Um, she starts reading from it, and I don't know. Gets maybe a sentence in before uh, Jessica is now like sitting upright and is reading. The particular passage, right? That uh, yeah, she's like that Teresa. She's like at. narrating all of the words on the page while uh, her cousin is reading them, like on the other side of the room. So there's like no way she could see what she's reading, right? And conveniently enough, it's also po- like the creepiest written part of the book. Yeah, too. it sounds like, like a possession ever, is happening in that book. <laughs> if there was ever like a passage of the book, like that would be read by a creepy person, this is the one conveniently enough uh and also while she's while she's reciting you know this passage her voice starts to slowly take on uh the the very familiar uh dulcet tones of a dead eye yeah and it starts ramping up it gets loud it's it's pretty cool like she's just like shouting into the corner of the room and like the volume is just like absolutely engulfing the space I love that her cousin's response is, would you shut up? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then she does, and then Jessica does this creepy, like, whoop, like, she just slide, sort of, like, slidey slinks <laughs> off the bed. She lands flat on her back, and her cousin is like, oh, my God, and jumps over to, like, help her. <laughs> she, she's, like, trying to, like, wake her up. And well, first she vomits up the most jizzy-looking liquid I've ever seen. Yeah, about four pints of cum comes, like, fucking rocketing out of this poor girl's <laughs> mouth onto the floor. And I was like, 
<laughs> Which I don't know if that particular liquid has been featured in an Evil Dead movie. I, I'm trying to, I'm like racking my brain to try and remember all of the various like liquids we've seen deadites. They're they're uh, prone to puking, but and, it's not usually puke. this. But come, this is yeah, it's gross. This is like weird, milky. It's and it, it comes back again later in the movie, and uh, it's a weird choice. I don't know what it is. Maybe this per I, like. I, I don't know what it is, but it's very gross. Um, so she so she vomits all that up, and then she does this fun. Li- Jessica does this fun little like, because uh, the camera is like a POV shot looking up at her cousin, and her cousin has this long braid. And I get I bet y'all can predict what's gonna happen with this braid. Jessica sort of like wraps her hands in and around it, and just gives it one, just like real solid deadite tug. <laughs> Pops it right off. It's like popping a bottle cap off. It's just like, boom. And man, but man, is it, is it so, so brutal of a way to start the movie, right? Like just to. Yeah, we are less than 12 minutes in and we've fully scalped a, a young woman already. (laughs) So then we cut out to the dock and, uh, we see. Because boyfriend Caleb, Caleb oh okay, guy. thank you, is uh is taking a piss off the end of the dock, and he turns around right, right off the end of the dock where people swim. Like, why? Pe- it's, a a big, uh, it's a lake. It's a lake. I would have, I, I would have peed it. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> uh, not, I'd go out a little farther, courtesy. Don't put the pee water right where everyone's gonna swim. Ah, it's a lake. It's all brackish water. It's mostly pee anyway. It's worse than a pool. Ah, uh, you're right. <laughs> Also, he's still got his. Also, he's still got his drone, just kind of like in maintenance mode, just hovering next to him. Like he's like, oh, let me stop. I can't even stop flying the drone for the pee. I'll just keep it, keep it going. Uh, cousin, whose name is Teresa, uh, stumbles back onto the dock. You know, scalpless this time, <laughs> and scares the sh- the absolute shit out of Caleb. Uh, and she's followed up directly by Jessica, like fully deadite now, like her. You know, we've all seen possession movies. She's got demon possession skin and face. She's got she, she's got possession complexion. C- possession complexion. All right, we got to coin that one. By Mac. I love pos- I love possession complexion. Get it at Ulta. <laughs> so she's uh, walking her way out as uh, Teresa collapses onto the dock, like you know, bleeding from every inch of her scalp. And uh, Jessica walks mm-hmm. up and grabs the drone like it's like a fucking ham sandwich. And she takes <laughs> one look at her boyfriend before she smashes the drone into her face, slicing her face up and knocking her back out into the lake. He immediately jumps in after and Teresa's trying to scream like, no, please don't go in there. That's a terrible idea. And we just see him yeah, resurface, get dragged under and then just blood all of the water just turns yeah. into blood yeah like shark Knight yeah. style. <laughs> oh shark night oh my god i forgot about that <laughs> oh can we do a shark night episode we oh trust me we're doing a whole shark week episode we're gonna do break down shark movies left and right oh the shark week's coming up all right guys that stay tuned coming. for shark week episode shark week uh but then we have the real crescendo of this opening as Teresa hovers up out of the lake and up over the lake and I'd like to plot this out as our number one very first of 
many, for no reason, close-up toes? Close-up on toes. Why? So hey, many close-ups you know up on toes some, in this movie. It's insane. Some directors just like the toes, man. Have you never seen a Quentin Tarantino movie? It, it is Tarantino level of toe focus. It's Tarantino toe level? It's been on my mind pretty heavily since I saw it the first time, and I had to go back and take a f- full count on my second viewing so we'll be we'll be taking a, a toe toe break here and there all right Eric's we are on currently toe at watch. one <laughs> get the toe counter going <laughs> but uh, yeah she also, floats up out of the lake and it like the music ramps up and we see all of the uh it's a, like it's the a great, title card rise yeah. up from behind the mountains in the deep background oh, oh it's, it's so a great good. title card Love it. Also, I don't know why this was. I I obviously didn't include this because it's not trivia. But under the IMDb trivia, it said, "Here, here's this fun fact: the the title card can be seen reflected on the water." And I'm like, "What? We, that's not. We trivia. all saw that. That's not trivia. We all saw the same movie. <laughs> yeah, that's the not fuck? fucking trivia. That doesn't count. This is why we. This is why we always tell everybody to take that one with a grain of salt. That's like if you look closely, you'll realize that she's in water. It's like, yeah, I can see it. It's on yeah. the screen, dummy. <laughs> fun, fun fact: you were watching the movie when you saw this. Like no fucking shit. Uh, anyway, so that's the title card, and now we take a very drastically like different color scheme change uh and we're in this because that the opening was very like warm and red and daylight and we cut to like this dark grody blue uh like she's in europe like some sort of like european uh it's like like underground night it's like some kind of like dirty like seedy uh, just, just like rock a dirty CD venue, M- music. Yeah, venue. it's like the it's like the kind of like concert venue you would go to uh, if you were. It's it's very underground feeling. Everything is lit like yeah, it's like if you were trying saw, to get blue. mosh pitted to death, you would. <laughs> yes, <go> yeah. <laughs> if you wanted to do hard drugs in the bathroom, this is your concert venue. Yeah, but ironically enough, this is where we meet our uh, main character, Beth, who is not trying to do drugs. She's actually trying to figure out if she's pregnant or not. Which sucks. Not a great time. Also not – I mean I guess she's she's like a roadie, right? So th- th- it, so really there is no great time or place to be doing yeah, this. I was going to say like this doesn't seem like where you're going to do this. She's death, a guitar but. technician, right? That's her, her role that she states later on. Yeah, she's like a, well, she's like an audio technician, but I guess specifically for guitars. But she's in the bathroom peeing on a stick. I guess one of her coworkers is is uh, pounding on the door. He's like looking for some gear, and she's like, "Oh, it's over there in the corner. Like, leave me alone. I'm trying to pee." And uh, she takes one look at the stick after you know the results come in, and she's just a big sigh. Right, so it's like, oh, is she sad because she is pregnant, or is she sad because she's not? Based on the, her current, you know, situation, I would assume she's sad because she is. Yeah, it, she pregnant. she doesn't look uh, at the that, stick that, with like you know excitement and glee. So <laughs> <laughs> at this point, whatever the results well, are, it's not like, like she's woo. she doesn't look like she's in the like she's trying no. for the baby <laughs> at the moment in her life, right? Like <laughs> like oh darn. Can't have a roadie baby. So upset. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so she takes like a real glum look at the stick, and then now we cut to a um, really cool shot of this uh, like hotel building. Uh, did do we know what city this is in? It's outside of L.A. because she says she takes an Uber from LAX. Um, okay. I want to say I should have taken note of. <laughs> well, yeah, but. Uh, I don't know if they ever specifically state exactly where it is, but you get this really cool shot. Definitely of, California. Like, the the hotel or not the hotel, the apartment building, like way in the distance, and there's like this like big overpass, you know, uh, up ahead. And there's like you know what I assume is like sort of like a homeless city underneath. And it is pouring rain. It is shitty out. It's nighttime. And it is pouring. It's not the kind and, of weather you want to fly in and on. And so this is where we will meet Beth's sister, who is Ellie, played by Alyssa Sutherland, uh, and her three children, Bridget, Danny, and uh, Cassie. Yes. This is where uh, she pulls up to this apartment building, and the apartment building is called The Mond. The Mond, M-O-N-D. Which apparently, yeah, M-O-N-D-E, which I think you get maybe a shot of later in the movie um but they named it that because it's just an anagram of demon so dumb <laughs> so dumb <laughs> the, it's so stupid but i That's love great. it uh but yeah this is where we get introduced to our uh sister beth's sister uh we get to meet mom uh, I mean, mother. Uh, I mean, mommy. Um, I mean, milf. Mommy? I mean, um, <laughs> L. Her name's L. Yeah, Ellie. Ellie. Or, or Ellie, as, uh, <laughs> as Beth will call her. Uh, Ellie is a, uh, like, a hot tattoo mom. She. Th- we get introduced to her, but it, we get, like, a little close-up shot of her, like, soldering the um, the coils on her tattoo machine. So, like, you know, she's... She, also, while she's letting her like red blood red hair dye like set in, and I was like, "Oh, that's funny." <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, she's like a uh, she's clearly a sort of a, str- a struggling tattoo artist. Not because she's struggling to be an artist, but she's just struggling. Um, uh, she also looks she, she's very reminiscent of my one of my first bosses I ever had because I used to work at a tattoo shop. She just really reminded me of her and i was like whoa this is weird and we get a little montage um, of all the kids along with mom so we get to meet uh our our oldest i believe uh is an activist she's like stomping around the house trying to find some jacket of hers because she's headed to a <laughs> she protest go- she goes I, re- I remember this. she goes mom where's my favorite black shirt like the worst way to to go about finding a piece of clothing but then later she finds it and it literally is just a black shirt that says eat the rich on it i'm like that's your favorite black shirt the, then <laughs> the second oldest our middle child who is danny he's a dj and not like a dj no request or dj press play kind of way he's like a total vinyl junkie his room is like all tricked out and fucking like speakers and yeah. audio equipment and turntables yeah, Interesting um, fact about Danny. Um, Danny's played by Morgan Davies, who is actually a transgender actor. Um, and 
I don't know if at any point in the movie they actually like refer to Danny by any one give it like any particular pronoun or not. Um, but uh, just a cool little shout out because I think I I think it's cool that the movie just never addresses the that either the actor situation. or... Or or the or the character like because I don't know if they ever say like oh he you know he is Danny yeah you know? I mean it's I, it's I, I completely it, unessential yeah. to the plot but I I think it is interesting exactly to and I love show, it like, I I do love that it's because usually the main cast mm-hmm. of an Evil Dead movie is either like coeds or just like young adults they're just bunch a bunch of friends of and this is like a very dopey, progressive dopey, family stupid adults. Yeah, but no, but I, I, I just, I just like that you know we have trans actors and actresses being cast because um, there's a trans actress um in this current season of Yellow Jackets, and it's just nice that it, it is that they're, they're being trans is uh, completely inessential to the plot and also not a plot point oh my god yeah it's great to just see them see it's just great to see you know people, people existing without you know, like having to constantly justify they're good yeah yeah like just exactly it's great to just it's it's wonderful to just see people be cast in movies because they're right for the character and it and just let let that be it <laughs> you know it's It was very refreshing, and I didn't even actually, it wasn't even something I even thought about. I just read it when I was researching this movie, (laughs) like an hour ago. We get to meet our our final child, who is a total creep. She's very endearing, a very good child actress. Played by Nell Fisher. The next, uh, you know the little girl from, um, from Hill House? Yeah. Very, same vibes. She's just, she's just too Very similar look as well. Yeah, and it's funny because her name is Nell Fisher, and the character from Hill House's name was Nell. So weird, uh, weird. through line there. I can't, I couldn't handle it. I was like, if they touch her, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and she's cutting the head off but a doll, also, yeah, right? I like mean, she's, she's. <laughs> well, <laughs> this is like one of my favorite parts of this movie because she's. Yeah, she is like she has sawed off the head of a baby doll and put it on the end of a like a stick, like some sort of like broom handle. And later in the movie, somebody asks her what that is, and she says, This is Staffany. <laughs> I love Staffany. And I like, I like pissed my pants in the theater. I don't know why it tickles me so much, but Staffany really sent me it, it, it was like uh, I immediately I was like alright I love this movie I don't, I don't even care what happens with the deadites yeah so so Beth comes in and she's kind of you know greeting everyone hey what's going on uh, long time no see and uh, um, but we're listening to Aunt Beth tell us all our you know tour stories and they're asking her about like Bangladesh or somewhere like crazy that she was working and she's yeah. trying to like give it. Mm-hmm. Kind of brings up their dad, and she's like, "Oh, like where's, where's your dad? I got something for him too. He's gonna love this." And the all the air mm-hmm. gets sucked out of the room. And uh, Ellie mm-hmm. tells everybody, "Like, hey, why don't you guys go pick up some pizza?" And 
you can tell like something's something's happened to dad so the kids go out and they go to pick up some food for dinner and it's the two sisters alone and uh she i guess is explaining to Elle is explaining to Beth that, like, yeah, you know, he left, he walked out, he uh, he thinks child support, like, is enough of parenting. I don't need any other help from him. Yikes. Yep. Yikes. A real stand-up gentleman. Um, oh, also, we... What's... We um, missed out on the... There was the... We were introduced to two characters um, because the before... Uh, before they leave, kids leave, there's like a knock at the door, and there's these like two little dweebs that show up. Um, their names are Jake and Scott. One of them is like you know, like this guy who's like he's really in the throes of puberty, you know. Um, and the other one's like a younger kid, and they just show up to. Th- I mean, I know they live in the apartment, but there he shows up to this door with this like Costco sized bag of Cheetos, and like he's just fucking munching away on Cheetos, and he asks. Um, Bridget, if they want to come watch uh, all of the Friday the 13th... Oh, no. All of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. And the little kid's like, yeah, even the shitty ones. I just thought it was funny because Jake goes, there are no shitty ones. But, yeah, we actually... We meet a couple more, like, people over the course of this movie that live in this hotel. And they are all so inconsequential it's like it's it's very laughable they like add barely anything to the movie except they're just like funny they're just like a funny quirky i think they all have their own little moment of being very funny and uh endearing in their own way but yeah they are cane and fodder at the end of the day (laughs) they they, yeah they really are just deadite bait you know feed that's that's all they are just pad, pad the numbers, but uh, but yeah. So the kids leave to go get pizzas, and like you said, we get the revelation that uh, um, Ellie's husband is Beth left gets and fucking kids, roasted. Um, She's like, "Why didn't you tell me anything was going on? I would have been on my first plane here." And Ellie's like, "I did. I tried to call you twice actually, and both times you sent me to voicemail. So I left a bunch of voicemails. And guess what? You didn't call me back after those either." And she's like, "Oh." Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Bad sister. Really, really roasted. They, uh, the kids are going downstairs and they're on their, or the kids are on their way back from getting pizza and they are downstairs yeah. in the parking garage underneath the building. Yeah. And, and also just a, a little shout out to all the, 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 the three actors that play the children. They, I think, all do a really good job, both like in the horror bits, but. Uh, they they they're a very well acted convincing like weird little family like i yes. I, I actually yeah. was like basically by the time they were sent out to get pizza i was like oh i like them oh no i know what's going to happen to everybody in this building <laughs> yeah it's a very uh con- convincing tight knit family like the kids live, clearly get yeah. along really well and they have very good like on stream or on screen uh like family chemistry chemistry yeah and it, yeah and it's a different vibe for the evil dead movies because like we said earlier most of the time evil dead movies are just a bunch of adult dweebs in the woods and we're like well yeah sure kill them i don't give a shit let me see what happens to them you know but now this is a very different take where it's like oh this is an evil dead movie but i don't want these people to <laughs> to be harmed 
and I know that they absolutely are going to get thrashed in this Yeah, movie. lucky for us, the this um, is an Evil Dead movie, and they don't give a shit. They will fuck these kids up. <laughs> yeah, oh, and boy, do these kids get fucked up. But, uh, yeah, so... Two things. Stephanie gets broken while the kids are, like, playing around with each other. Um, to the point where she's, like, the half of her is, like, a, a spear. Um, and also, uh, Nell, or, or not Nell, Cassie, Nell's her actual name. Uh, Cassie, like, was playing, using her mom's, like, scissors to cut the doll's head off. And when her mom was, like... Hey, where are my scissors? She like throws them under the sofa, and I was like, "That's two Chekhov's implements right there." I was like, "Those both of those things are gonna come back at the forty-five three if you want to count the 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 tattoo gun, the tattoo machine, <laughs> yeah, almost, it, yeah, it, it's like, uh, Chekhov's tattoo anybody gun. Touches, <laughs> yeah, anything anybody touches in the first ten minutes of this movie is definitely gonna be used later. <laughs> but yeah, so the kids are back in the um. Like parking garage? Yeah, this, it's it's like a basement building? parking garage, like underneath the building. They just get back yeah. with the pizza in time. Everything starts shaking. We get like a huge earthquake. The, you know, foundation of the building starts to crumble and crack in mm-hmm. the basement. And everything's rocking and rolling upstairs where they are, where L and... Uh, makes sense. It's California, yeah. right? The, the setting makes sense they, then. They be, getting, they be getting some earthquakes yeah. out there. That's kind of part of their deal. Of course. And uh, we get to see a wood. We see a wood chipper downstairs. Take note. And uh, oh yeah, Ch- Chekhov's wood chipper. And uh, and <laughs> Chekhov's getting a lot of play in this movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and a big hole opens up in the basement. And uh, Danny is particularly interested. And they head over to the hole, and they're like, oh, shit, check it out. There's, like, an underground vault in here from, like, an old-timey, like, bank. Like, we definitely got to go in there. And I'm right. like, no yeah. fucking yeah, way. Like, Absolutely not. <laughs> right. This place was built over top of a bank, right? That's yeah. What it was. Which is a, which is cool. I, I, I Again, I love the setting of this movie. Like, this rundown, like, shitty um, apartment building, which... Um, uh, Ellie mentions to Beth is being not only is, has her husband left, but their whole apartment building is being detonated in like two weeks or something like that, and they don't have anywhere to live yet. Yeah, I think they got three weeks to vacate, and uh, they're pretty much fucked. They have nowhere to go, and the building is being completely demolished because it's like condemned. Yeah. Mm hmm. So. Um, but yeah, so Danny goes decides to go spelunking yeah. post earthquake <laughs> i can't think of like a more dangerous activity have you ever heard of aftershocks danny and uh he he or they uh squiggle into this little hole and they they start rummaging around through the vault and they find like this crate that has this uh photo on it and it's like these weird like monastic uh priests and they're outside of this big church and uh he finds like some vinyl or they they find some vinyl and uh they find a another like kind of parcel all wrapped up in cloth and uh they turn around and we get a a parcel you yeah say. we get we get a jesus christ jump scare 
this fucking huge crucifix uh. that's like chained to the wall kind of like falls up out of the ceiling and we get this really gross like close up on this like super over dramatic like moaning jesus christ face on this crucifix like way up in the camera it's pretty funny but Danny collects themselves and kind of like stands back up and opens up this parcel and introducing bugs. You just get a big, huge fucking swarm of like cockroaches just bugs. So jump many, out of this fucking so like cloth. It's so gross. And uh, then we get our first look at the book. The book, the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, the Naturum de Manto, the Book of the Dead. This is actually uh, quite a different looking uh, Book of the Dead from others we've seen, but that isn't really um, a, a continuity error or anything because in Ash versus or Ash and the Army of Darkness, um, when Ash went back to the past to fight like the Deadites and uh, the Kandarian demon uh, in like medieval times, there are actually three. I was about to say, I think there is more than one, Uh, right? Yeah. There are three, and they... I I believe that they're not, like, three copies of each other. There are just... Three separate, Three separate books of the dead. Yeah, Yeah, because the book of the dead we see in the 2013 one is also different. You love a trilogy um, series, right? From the one in the original. (laughs) Yeah. Um... And it also makes sense because the in the Kandarian demon isn't the villain of the remake. It's actually the uh, I forget what the it's like the 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 taker of souls. I think is the demon that they face in um, the twenty thirteen one. So makes sense that like they even conjured a totally different demon to begin with. Um, but yeah, so this is uh, our I believe this is the third. Uh, you know of three different necronomicons that we've seen but it's this one's particularly gnarly because it's got teeth. it's so sick i love the teeth the teeth on like the the yeah. opening uh side of the book to like act as a lock is so good it looks so yeah. cool and gross i really really like the design of this necronomicon it's they're super, like long cool. fangs like a big yeah they're like re- they're not yeah they're mouth. not like yeah, they're not like little people teeth. They're, yeah, they're like long angler fish, like almost like thorn like, you know? They're very gross and nasty, but we love it. We love to see it. We scurry up out of the hole and we realize the pizza is fucking ruined. It's like completely smushed. Oh, uh, I know. I was, I was so. I was really hungry when we were watching this too, and I was like, no, all that pizza. <laughs> um,. So cut back, upstairs, we, we cut the moms kind of yeah, jump mom, into action. Yeah, um, they, they, the two, Ellie and uh, Beth, like, scurry out into the hallway where we're introduced to, like, the old conspiracy theory gun owner guy archetype that we um, <laughs> that we need in every movie. Um, this is Mr. Fonda, um, played by Mark Mitchinson, who was apparently known for being in The Hobbit. Desolation of Smog wouldn't know. But, uh, he comes out and he's like, he comes out, he's smoking his cigarette, and he's like, "Y'all need my shotgun." Is is basically his whole character. Anybody seen my cat? It hangs out in the in the the vents. I can't find my cat. Psst, 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 psst. Yeah, it's, uh, 
I love I love that. He like he's like shaking cat food at the vents too. It's very funny. Um, and then out of his apartment, co- a different apartment comes Gabriel. Uh, I guess resident hot guy like th- that lives next door. Um, he's like very, he's very helpful in this movie, or he tries to be. He tries his hardest. He's like he, he's not prepared. He's a very sweet. He's a very sweet guy. So basically, uh, the only people left in this in this apartment complex are uh, Ellie and her family, uh, Mr. Fonda, Gabriel, and those two dweebs, Jake and Scott. And I'm assuming they're parents, but we don't ever. Yeah, see Yeah, I guess them. you're right. We don't ever see them, huh? No, unless they're related to Gabriel. Um, but I, I, don't I don't think so. I, I think I the think they're in a different they unit. Yeah, but then, uh, oh, and also we get, no, this this doesn't happen yet, but the kids come back upstairs, and it's so funny, because Ellie is, like, immediately, she's, like, relieved that her kids are safe, but then she goes, are you crazy? You never take the elevator after an earthquake, and then not ten minutes from now, she proceeds to take, like, the laundry down the elevator, and I'm like, you fucking hypocrite. (laughs) You just yelled at your kids for taking the elevator post- earthquake yeah i don't know that was a brave move i don't think i would have done that either that sounds fucking terrifying yeah well she knows better the kids don't know they're all they're stupid you know what do they know but um but yeah so she uh starts packing up laundry and then the uh danny and bridget go into danny's room and open up the uh the the cloth bound um necronomicon and this is this is where we get the good shot of it, where you can see all the. It's made out, you know. It's got the classics, you know. It's got skin, skin leather, human bound skin, in skin, leather, bound, bound in, in flesh. Skin. <laughs> the inside is the inside is scribed in blood. Uh, it's got these long fangs. Um, Danny, of course, the, tries to pry the book open by the fangs. Not doesn't grab any other part of the book to open it. No, it has to go right for the teeth. And cuts themselves and bleeds all over the book, which is a big no-no. You never want to bleed. No, don't blood the book. You have to keep all the bodily (laughs) moistures away from the book. You don't want any blood on that book, but you definitely don't want your own blood on that book. Step one, no blood on the book. Good move. (laughs) In fact, if your blood can be, if all of your blood can be on a different continent from the Necronomicon, that's probably Yeah, you want it. As far as the poles go, you want to be on opposite ends with your blood yeah. from the book. Yeah, you want to dig a hole straight to the other side of the planet from the okay, book. Okay, so we prick our finger trying to open the Book of the Dead, and it gets sucked up into the fucking book leather real quick, and the teeth, like, creak open like one of those fun little hair Yeah, they do a things. gross little crackly... Yeah, they do a gross little like crackly creep like it's it's great. And they open the book and it's got all the, you know, if you've seen an Evil Dead movie, you know what's in this book. It's it's text you can't read and it's gross drawings of just people being torn apart and mutilated, a bunch of creepers all over the place. Um, it's all and it's all written in blood. Yeah, lots of fun like anatomical anomalies and fucking gore, and it looks like the it looks like a health textbook for a uh, uh for like a pinhead. <laughs> oh, it's like the it's like if you're in like Cenobite health class, you have to learn. Yeah, about it's it. <laughs> it's like a Cen- it's like a Cenobite uh, anatomy book. 
It's just full of torture and <laughs> just bloody ima- inscriptions. I'm just imagining, like, I, I now I want to see, like, an animated series like Hellraiser High School, you know, where all the Cenobites go to <laughs> go to high school to learn how to be good, good little demons. Okay, class, we're going to open our textbooks to page 145 while we'll be studying genital mutilation in the first But they're degree. all taught by the that, like, weird... Uh, teacher from Abreu Monsters that was like that ghost thing with the little with the, like, with the little shoes. shoes. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're skimming through the book and uh, we we come we come across some gross illustrations and uh, he da- oh, Danny grabs uh, the vinyl that was accompanying the book. Lucky for him, he's got all this vinyl shit. He's a big vinyl freak. And uh, yeah. they 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 put it on the turntable and start manually kind of scrubbing the audio on the turntable by spinning it around with their finger. And mm-hmm. we kind of find the right speed we got to put it at. And it starts to kind of explain that it's a almost like a discovery trial um, or like some sort of like seminar at this St. Patrick's Cathedral, which was, I guess, photographed earlier. And uh, it's, it's this priest Mm -hmm. who's kind of explaining to a, seems like an academic setting of other priests and clergymen that they have found the book of the dead and that they are, uh, asking permission to start like, translating to it. you to read because, it yeah right? it, it is yeah. like a some sort of like you know historical relic and they want to be able to see what kind of academic knowledge they can parse from the text and the entire room is like burn it throw it in the fucking well it's terrible yeah you can actually hear specifically one one person going you should burn it. It's called the Book of the Dead for a reason. And the person that person is actually Bruce Campbell. That's his voice. <laughs> that's funny. That's that's a yeah. good one. <laughs> but yeah, everybody in the room is like, "Don't do it." And then clearly the guy, the guy is like, "But I did it anyway." Yeah, we scroll over to the B side, or we grab like the next. I think there's three vinyls, so we grab this the second one. There are, and it immediately starts with, "Well, that meeting went really terribly, so we're just gonna do it on our own and not tell anybody." <laughs> Me and this other priest are yes, gonna we'll do, just it do it for it funsies. In... We'll do it in secret. <laughs> Which you know what? Um, I I would much but... rather my priest secretly translating. Uh, you know death books than pursuing their other standard hobbies i don't know it doesn't end well either way but yeah i guess i, I, I feel like this one has a lower casualty rate anyway well, this one actually deals with the problem a little bit more efficiently i guess <laughs> uh but as, as they're kind of scrolling through the audio they uh they find a portion where they're like, all right, well, we've translated enough of it, and here is what the first chunk of text says. And while, so sort of like superimposed in between, like, you simultaneously. know, we, we get shots of the, simultaneously, you know, we have Danny, you know, um, also, we, they have to, like, play the record backwards, too? Like, how did the dude even do that? <laughs> like, how do you... What do you mean, play it backwards? Right, because Danny has to... Doesn't Danny have to, like, 
scrub through it backwards in order to get the audio to. Oh, to play I guess it you're right. right. Yeah, because uh, it do, it's spinning. Which is like how the priest even do that? Uh, I'm, that's a very good question. Yeah. Um, but but I don't know. But either way, um, Danny's scrubbing through it, and simultaneously we get shots of um, Ellie, the mom, is like scooping up laundry, and then she goes out of the apartment and into the elevator that she just yelled at her kids about taking, and goes down and you know as the sort of um uh the incantation from the from the record like reaches its you know uh, its climax um we get the the this this time not a drone version of the kendarian demon zooming through the streets of california um as and it busts into the the main entryway of the hotel and just straight up slams Ellie like like lifts her up off her feet and tosses her back into that elevator up off her feet and we and get toes close up number 2 for all oh, of us on oh, toes is this watch another, this is this is another big toe this is, scene this is this <laughs> next scene is close up 3 through 4 on toes or excuse me 2 through 4 a uh, lot lot <clears throat> Lots of toes. This in is the a foot-heavy section for no reason. I don't, I just <laughs> somebody explain why. Just it's, tell me why. <laughs> well, you know what? It could be twofold. It could be a horny thing, and also because there's just as many people who are turned on by feet are disgusted by feet. Oh, double me, I'm like a neutral to okay. feet kind okay. of guy. You know, I'm I'm a foot neutral person, but. There are lots of people who are very disgusted by feet. So you ha- so if you feature some foot heavy scenes, you kind of get to reap two rewards. You get to scare the foot fearful people, and you get all those little those little. You get all the sickos, the foot sickos, like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so this is sort of a tribute to it, it's a classic thing uh, in Evil Dead movies where you have. A uh, you know unsuspecting usually usually female. Um, yeah, it's usually like the initial but, uh, possession is takes place in a way that yeah. like the the female is like bound in some way by like sticks or vines and they just yeah so yeah so like traditionally because like in the first two Evil Dead's the second one being sort of a rehash of the first one anyway. Um, you get a, a, a the the girl is possessed by yeah she gets like tree molested you know vines and leaves and sticks sort of like bind her and like wrap around her and insert themselves uh, where where they will <laughs> um, and the same thing happened to the same thing happened to Mia it, from uh, the Jean Levy, Jane Levy's character in the Evil Dead remake. Um, this time, though, because there is no foliage around, um, sh- Ellie is molested by like cables and wires. Oh, it's really brutal. Um, but I, al- they're like severed. It is brutal. But I also read, I, I read that um, Ellie's tattoos were like an homage because if you actually see her tattoos, all up and down her arms and legs are vines and leaves. Oh, very cool. Um. In sort of like an homage to the fate of the um, possessed seas of the uh, the other films, but yeah, she it the, the, the again it's brutal, you know. But like uh, she gets all wrapped up in like st- 
strapped, you know, arms and legs spread by all these like uh, elevator cables and wires. It's it's very scary. I believe scary, the term I love, is drawn, I, where you get all of your limbs bound drawn, by separate cords. not quartered. No, but quartered is when they yes. cut you into fours. Um, mm-hmm. but drawn. And uh, I loved it. I loved the scene because I loved the they were still able to replicate, you know, the the possession from the in the way that the other movies did it. But they found like the modern, you know, city <laughs> version of yeah, doing it. Yeah, I thought I thought it was very fun. Um, and and there's just lots of like elevator shenanigans. The elevator's going up, it's going down. El- poor Ellie's getting like flung from the top to the bottom. Sparks all over the place, bending in all sorts of crazy angles. Yeah, we get this really cool kind of like slightly pulled away shot. Um, as if you're like standing in the doorway of the elevator and you see that like all of her limbs are broken different directions and she's screaming at the top of her lungs as like the incantation is being like uh, blasted through the speakers in Danny's like little studio Mm -hmm. room and Danny's kind of like freaking out because they can't figure out like what is making it so loud. Yeah, they they even go to stop it from playing and they get like electrical shocked like the 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 record is like no 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 (laughs) we finish and as all of that comes to a crescendo all of the power in the building goes out so now it is dark Mm. Mm -hmm. we start you know seeing the kids are kind of like running around finding flashlights and lighting candles they have like 1500 fucking candles in this place there's like a shitload this clearly happens more than often yeah, I'm sure this place loses power if it's like a breezy day. But just as the power goes out and they're trying to, f- you know, figure out where everybody is and collect the uh, the family together and, f- you know, form a plan of attack, they realize, oh, mom's not laying in her bed. Like, where is she? And she exits the uh, we cut to the hallway and we see Ellie exiting the uh, elevator doing a really, really fun, <laughs> like herky jerky walk but like not oh yeah she's got that not in the normal way it's more of like a herky-jerky kind of runway walk right it's got a little bit of sleigh in there yeah a little bit but you know she's putting on her bet she's putting on her best demon walk here um and she struts her stuff right into the apartment um the whole family is like oh uh hey mom hey ellie uh what are you doing as she just sort of like herky jerks her way into the kitchen and starts making what is probably not the best omelet. This is how I make eggs. You just take all your eggs and throw them directly <laughs> into the pan and then you pick out the shells later. Um, but she doesn't, she's not, pl- I have a feeling she wasn't planning on picking out the shells later. It adds for an interesting Also texture. love the little touch. Yeah, so she starts like slapping all, she starts cooking uh, this these eggs and just slapping them in there. And I love the little added touch of the the half of the eggs are like the blood. Yeah, you know, the, blood the blood yolks. Yeah. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever gotten a blood uh, egg? I think I had maybe one blood egg I, in my life. And it I've made never, me I've so never unhappy had. that I don't think I had another egg. <laughs> I would definitely still have eggs that morning, but it has never happened. No, I think I was like, well, this is a cereal. This is a cereal morning now. Uh, Eggos it is But she is slamming these eggs into the pan And she's telling everyone Who is slowly gathering behind her In the doorway to the kitchen As they seem relatively concerned About their mom uh, 
she's slamming the eggs in and she's telling them a story. She's like, I had the sweetest dream that we were all having a picnic out somewhere in the woods. And I cut you all open and i climbed inside of your body so that we could stay together forever and everyone's like what the fuck is going on (laughs) yeah and this is where like as the 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 demon um Alyssa sutherland is she is so good i mean you've seen the trailers i'm sure at this point i hope uh, you've seen the movie like yeah, she she's just so scary, and she just does. She's so good. I like, I they they cast her perfectly. I I wonder if she did like a crazy like demon performance when she like auditioned. Oh, I would love to see her audition tape. That'd be sick. Right. But yeah. So she herky jerks her way towards the family as they sort of like back out of the kitchen, and she's like you know just stumbles towards them. They get out into the, like, main living room, and uh, Ellie sort of, like, slams down on the ground. Ooh, she does a little uh, herky-jerky crawl. I think this movie's definitely... This movie made me realize... This is a herky-jerky movie. Oh, yeah, extremely. But this this movie made me realize how many good herky-jerky walks we had this year. I think in the the end-of-the-year roundup, we need to do a best of herky-jerky. Let's do the herky-jerk awards. (laughs) is definitely <laughs> definitely coming to us this year well Alyssa Sutherland is uh is she's a prime in, contender in the lead for me right now prime contender um and this is where uh we get another wonderful jizzy milk vomit. oh my god it's like a fire um, hydrant and, th- and this one is jizz vomit yeah yeah the the first one was like a teacup full earlier in the movie this is this is like all of the milk on the floor. This is like a cascading torrent complex. of <laughs> vomit. This is like so, so much chunky, jizzy milk vomit. It's great. And again, I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, why? I, I, it's just the, the the vomit choice of this movie was to make it this gross, nasty. Jizzy the amount vomit. of liquids that come out um, of this character's mouth in this specific instance is like almost more liquids than you have in your whole body. It's, it feels like it's just like so much and everyone has to like physically take like four or five steps backwards to get out of the splash zone from this vomit. Yeah. Well, and you know, it would make sense if it was more vomit than it or liquid than it was in your body because it kills her like presumably or seemingly like she, she vomits it all up and then, collapses into the vomit (laughs) um and then cut to the uh beth and danny as they're like dragging uh the body down the hallway and i love this i love this as like a setup for the movie because they drag her to the elevator um and the elevator's all fucked up like it's all torn to pieces the doors keep opening and closing and they're like oh i guess the elevator's not an option and she goes danny go to the t- stairway danny opens the door to the stairway and they just go they're gone and i was like they're gone <laughs> stairs no more and then beth rushes over yeah beth rushes over and i guess the the earthquake has dislodged the staircase and it's just a, it's just a straight drop down to the bottom yeah floor. it's like collapsed like, like three oh, or four floors worth so... of stairs underneath them so that they can't oh, access the stairs at all and it's such a 
such a good device to keep your characters trapped at the top of an apartment building. Um, and I think the next thing is then we cut to um, what I assume is like her, like Ellie's bedroom. But like everybody, like the two, the older Beth is there, um, the old guy and Gabriel, um, Mr. Fonda and Gabriel are there. And, you know, Beth is like, I don't know what happened. You know, one moment she was fine, then she was acting crazy, and then she was dead. Like, this is insane. <laughs> Gabriel's like, can we pray? It's so funny. <laughs> and Beth's like, she wasn't reli- She wasn't religious. And he's like, well, we'll pray anyway. And I'm like, come, come on, man. Typical Christian. It's like, well, you know what? I'm just going to disregard her choices in life, and I'll just, just do whatever makes me feel comfortable, which is bother <laughs> Sky Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Sky Daddy. There's also a funny shot of Gabriel, like... Uh, like uh fucking ellie's eyes are like wide open and he goes to like shut them and then they go spring back open (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i thought that was very funny um but we get uh he does this little prayer and uh they kind of realize like all right well if we can't use the stairs there's another apartment that leads to the other side of the building and if we can get through that unit to the other side we can use a fire escape on the outside of the building to get down and out so they're like all right i'll go get my tools and we'll try to open it and uh beth is there left with her sister and she has like a bit of a quiet moment where she's like man i don't know what the fuck's going on like i'm too afraid to even face your uh kids right now and I, I don't even know what to do. That's when we cut to the, yeah, it's it's you know the 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 dynamic, the family dynamics in this movie, I think are, you know, obviously we're having a little fun with it, but like, the performances are really really well done and sold very well, very believable. I like that Beth is honestly like horribly suited to this task she's been given. And the movie doesn't, like, apologize for it. They're like, no, yeah, she's not, like, she's kind of sucks. Yeah. She, and she's not going to do a good job She's here. barely putting on her bravest <laughs> but, face but because she's completely and totally, like, blindsided by this series of events. And, I mean, like, who the fuck wouldn't? Because Bridget um, didn't want Danny to even take the book. So there's sort of this, like, um, uh, like. Confrontation. looking for it. Ten- there's. Uh. Yeah, tension, that's the term. There's some, like, tension between the two of them because uh, Bridget is sort of, like, I don't know, I'm b- blaming uh, Danny for the situation. Uh, and Danny also struggles in this movie because they're like, well, uh, it probably is my fault. Although I'm going to – I called it out in the movie theater and, uh, again, when I watch it um, the second time. It's kind of bullshit that you can summon this demon – with a recording accidentally of yeah the <laughs> like like that like to to you know most of the time the characters will find the necronomicon and read from it like idiots yeah i you know <laughs> but like danny didn't read from it i feel like usually <laughs> like, there's it's not, like it's not danny's usually fault. in the evil dead movies there is a little bit of a guiding hand from the Kandarian demon where it's kind of like hey why don't you go downstairs hey why don't you check out over here yeah, why don't you and then they, they end up reading read the book the on their book. own but this one is kind of like watch out kid I'm summoning yeah, myself basically like alright if they okay because it's that become that record is an extremely dangerous artifact <laughs> if, if, if just playing it can summon this thing because that's that's insane 
so I feel extra bad for Danny in this movie because like how like even even I a a, a fairly learned uh <laughs> a possession movie watcher like would not have assumed that listening to the to the fucking vinyl version of this of this text reading would summon the demon that's bullshit I definitely would have Googled some things first. That's what I was thinking. Like, even if I found a record and I didn't know what it was, I'd be like, let's just use the internet and Google some of these names real quick. But I guess they don't have power and they probably don't have service. And cut after that, we cut back to the, um, there's like a little seat in the hallway where Gabriel is trying to open the door to that apartment that they need to get through. And this is when the, the old guy comes out and he goes, he's like, I'm just gonna shoot it open with my shotgun, and I like the uh, the the little dialogue between the two where Gabriel is like, "Those kids just watched their mother die. People blasting guns in the hallway is the last thing they need." And I'm like, "Oh, it's gonna get so much worse." Yeah, that. that is like gonna be the least of their trauma. <laughs> is a little bit of gunplay, but uh, yeah, especially because it's a 90 minute movie, so it's gonna hit him real fast. Um, and then after that, uh, we cut back to Beth still monologuing at her sister um and then Ellie sort of just like what like sits straight up right like the uh the demon's like reloaded itself her eyes cock wide open and she immediately like shoots up like 90 degrees out of bed and uh she freaks out uh Beth and you know beth immediately like, jumps up and she's like what the fuck is going on like are you okay like what happened and the kids come in and they're like oh mom's awake what the fuck just i thought she mom's alive mom's alive because they thought she was dead uh yeah, which is <laughs> which is wild because these the, these kids like are going through a real roller coaster right now um and then they they all drag her because she says, uh, Beth says, like, oh, she's, yeah, she's alive, but she's, like, burning up. Yeah, right? so they because, all take a um, side and they carry inside. her into the bathroom. They're like, let's <laughs> get her in the tub because she's, like, on fire right now. Like, she's burning up, like, throws her in the ice bath of the tub and starts convulsing, and like, this is the, crazy. This is the scene in the trailers that we've all seen. This was the big hook of the movie, right? She, like, they throw her in there. And she like shoots straight up, you know, into the top of the uh, the ceiling of the bathroom, and she like spreads all wide so she can grip, you know, her feet and hands into the shower, and she like does another herky jerky crawl along the ceiling where she's all like bent at weird angles, and she lets out this like <laughs> glass shattering scream, right? That like echoes throughout like the whole building. <laughs> yeah, it's like this huge like wailing scream, and uh, and her like face, her face is so scary. She does. She's. So I good. don't think there's any digital alteration to like how open she Why? gets her mouth, how but she mouth really is. cranks that fucker open. It's it looks good. Yeah, no, it doesn't look. You can tell when they digitally stretch someone's mouth like they did in the Pope's Exorcist with mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> with Russell Crowe. Um, but she like her scream. Also, I don't know if it like was if this was the implication, but it seems like her scream is like boiling the bathwater too. Yeah, because um, it's like you get a shot of it like bubbling. I'm like, oh, she's like boiling it. That's I creepy. think that was from her being like super duper shatters. hot in the tub. Like she just got like so oh, hot that maybe. like it boiled the water. Um, and then she, once she's done with the scream, she does a really cool stunt fall, like back into the tub. (laughs) 
Yeah, everybody kind of takes a step back and like she slowly curls her fingers over the edge of the tub and uh, somebody's like, Mommy, are you okay? And, you know, just like the trailer, she's, Mommy's with the maggots now. And we get like her f- uh, good we got look the full at her. Dead-eyed yeah, voice too. We get a full look at her like face now that she's like completely turned into a deadite. And I, it was, you know mm-hmm. what? It was the first time uh, in my life that I really understood Tina Belcher. I was like, oh, I, I get it now. <laughs> like zombie mommy. Okay, okay yes, zombie mommy. <laughs> yeah, all right, Tina. Maybe okay, she's on to something. Okay. God, when we're you know we're 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 different people now when we're identifying with uh, the girl who writes zombie like erotic fan Tina fiction. Belcher. Yeah, Jeez. <laughs> yeah. How how much we've changed, Eric, since since college. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is where we get the line "Mommies with the maggots" now, which I believe is also like the uh, like the this this the little uh, poster like trailer, like you know the the the, the, the tag, the movie tag yeah. uh, on yeah. the posters. But she like crawls. It's just such a good line. She crawls her way over the tub as everyone's trying to like backpedal out of the room, and she's doing this gross little like spider crawl. And they make it out around the corner into the living room, and we get this great like profile shot. Herky jerk awards. She's herky jerking all up this movie. We get this great profile shot of like along the wall and the door frame, and she kind of just slowly like pokes her face out into frame, and she's. It's so funny. This is where we get the Evil Dead humor, right? Because it's like clearly they want it to be scary, but they also know it's going to be funny too. <laughs> yeah. No, when she, she pulls her face out, the entire like, the entire theater like erupted into laughter. She's got this like great little grin, and this is for all of you people out there. This is toe. This is toe sighting number five. Uh, she oh takes God. a little step out, and we get this really great close up of like her foot like stepping down and like intentionally crunching her toes like onto the On glass. glass yeah yeah and yeah, you're right uh, this really she, is a very toey movie it's 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 weird it's weird i like i'm not even very a toe funny. guy but like i it stood out to me hardcore i was but like you Damn. knew it stood out to you yeah um, and so this is where Ellie sort of um, stumbles her way, you know, further out towards Beth. And she's got like this shard of uh, mirror in her hand. Um, and eventually, after a little bit of like teasing, she finally like charges at Beth and like starts swinging at her. And this is where for all you uh, hand stuff sensitive people, you know, uh, Beth goes to like defend herself. and She holds up her hand and the glass just goes straight through you hate to see oh my god the, yeah the the knife straight through the palm the knife, situation the knife through, yeah that the knife through the palm is it always hurts it never never doesn't get a, a flinch out of me she takes the glass right right to the palm um and then sort of like get ducks out of the way and this is when ellie turns and dives on top of uh bridget her daughter uh, and she also like grabs her tattoo machine off of like the desk that's next to her, and this is where I think this was another shot in the um, yeah this was a trailer, trailer. but this is where she like she goes and she gets the tattoo gun like the needles are like coming in and out and they're like super close to her eyeball, but then she like you know like moves her head out of the way at the last second, and uh, this was still cringy you know she gets a 
Ellie gets a good like carve from the tattoo machine like into Bridget's cheek and it's like ooh no right just raw tattoo um, there's like no ink and it just fucking drags yeah. across her face like Ugh. and it's and it's like the heaviest handed tattoo artist ever like just carving you out ugh and then um, we get the gross long mom tongue. She's like, "Oh, let me kiss it, make it better." And her tongue like extends like uh, five or six inches longer than it should. And she dives in for a kiss, but Danny smashes her over the back of the head with a chair and like knocks her off the sister. Yeah, and meanwhile Beth is like sealing her wound with like <laughs> fucking packing tape. <laughs> Ellie stands uh, up and she like kind of readdresses the room and she's like, "I'm free, I'm finally free of you titty sucking parasites." <laughs> I loved that. Line. There is so much so good, good like mom aggression. So much good deadite. The the deadite lines are always just so gross. You know, they're just as vulgar as possible, and it's always funny. And they really do. They they hit home. They're like they know how to really get you where it's gonna hurt. Now the action does not slow down for more than a half second while uh, the family kind of collects themselves like outside of the kitchen, and Beth's are Ellie's uh, get- arm is like just extending out of the shadows, and she's counting down. She's like, "Who's next?" Eeny meeny miny mo. Mm-hmm. And then Gabe walks in yeah, the front she, door. She points it, and. Yeah, she points at little Cassie, and you're like, "No, don't not hurt the child. <laughs> She's too cute." Yeah, and then so the other, some of the other people from the, uh, so Gabriel and those two little dweebs uh, are in the doorway, and um, Ellie like turns and lunges at them. And in one of the like more crazy bits, I- I'd say um, Ellie finally brings Gabriel down to the ground and like just takes a big old bite on his face and bites his just his eyeball out which just i thought about it the logistics of it sound really difficult it, I, you like, would have to like suck the eyeball to out good... of the socket without crushing it and then also right? rip the uh like ocular nerves out that connect it it's a it's a fucking serious serious injury but like yeah. it's so it works she, so she well did some real mouth mouth maneuvering here in this um and so she bites out um gabriel's eye and he's like screaming and freaking out and the two dweebs are there and they're also freaking out and she like turns and looks at them and i this is so it's so stupid that i love it she like fucking loogie hawks this like this eyeball across the hallway into the older uh kid jake i think is his name into jake's mouth and he immediately starts choking on it like <laughs> It's like something out of like fucking. Matilda it is. It's very. It's a know, very childish so. kind of thing, but it is so <laughs> funny. So he chokes and dies and slumps up against the wall. And as all of does this, he, yeah, does he oh, die? Yeah. He, he chokes, chokes on, on the eyeball and from, dies uh, like eyeball. immediately. Wow. Um, but then, as uh, as all of this commotion is happening in the hall, Beth runs over to the front door and closes it and locks it. And now she is watching all of this carnage unfold through the peephole in the door. We get a lot of really good peephole bits. Really good peephole angles. It, it was very creatively filmed, uh, those bits. Uh, it, such a good little way to like ch- change up the, uh, the, the action dynamics. Um, 
yeah, she's watching through the window or in through the peephole as uh, her sister is like just massacring the other neighbors in the hallway. They take out the the old guy and they take out the two kids and everybody's just getting massacred. Meanwhile, inside, they're starting to turn on each other and she has to come over and do the family thing and turns into Dom Toretto and she's like, family, we don't we don't turn on each other, never. <laughs> she you does kind of go, uh, go full Fast and the Furious, doesn't she? And uh, so she, she kind of separates the kids and Dan is finally Danny's finally like, hey, I need to show you the book. Like, I need to show you the thing we found because we think it's it, it, responsible for all yeah, of this. It's, it's becoming increasingly more likely that this was the reason. As they're doing that, uh, the other daughter, what's her name? Bri- uh, Bridget, the older daughter. Bridget, yeah, the oldest daughter, Bridget. She is trying to dress her uh, her face wounds from the the gouge on the tattoo machine. And she's starting to blot at her wound a little bit, and she kind of like goes over by a mirror and sees that all of this black goo is like starting to spread from the wound, like all across her face. So the deadites are sort of like they can like be kind of passed around like a disease almost. Yeah, they have a viral um, nature, but it doesn't to have them. to be. But it doesn't. But it's not. It's because it's more like it, it, it's it's less scientific than that because it's like they. It doesn't have to just be a bite or, like, a fluid transfer. Like, any sort of, like, traumatic violence, like, is almost enough to to spread the disease. Um, and it, it's happened in, like, all of the movies and the TV show as well. Um, so, like, just e- even that, like, bit of trauma from the, like, mother to the girl, uh, like, with the tattoo machine was, like, enough for her to become infected. Which is, like, so scary. <laughs> so much worse. Um, and, yeah, so, like, she's got the... So, Bridget's got the... Um, the, the the black goop spreading vein-like from her wound, which you, you never want to see that happen. She starts leaking from her nose, and uh, it's, like, this disgusting oh, black, black icker, like, blood. It looks to me like what happens when you have, like, a GI bleed out, when you're, like, gastrointestinal system like starts to fail because like all the blood travels through your gi mm-hmm. tract and it becomes this disgusting yep. black color and consistency Slop. oh it's it's gnarly but it looks like an almost reverse version where like instead of coming out the bottom end it's shooting out the top end dudes and it's i i don't the whatever they because it I, I don't know if this effect is digital because it looks pretty I think it's a practical it effect. It's like she starts crying it, and it starts coming out of her, like, uh, nose It's holes. coming out of her ears, her nose, her eyes, her mouth, and it's so thick, and there's just so much. It starts pouring out, and this is why I thought it might be practical, because it's pouring out like somebody just hit a faucet, and it's just like... <laughs> like, it's so much, so instantly. It, it, it's gnarly. It's really gross, but I loved it. Uh, and and then we cut back to because now this is when Beth is with Danny, right? And Beth is list because Beth was like, "I need to hear those." Tips. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and she said, "She's like, I need to read that book." So, um, yeah, she flips through the Necronomicon a couple times, um, and then she puts on the um, 
the the headphones to listen to the to the third tape. I think maybe all yeah, of them. Yeah, she she go, but she definitely listens to the third. Danny tape. tells her like, "Hey, I I listened to these two, and that's when I they like read the inscription, and everything started going crazy." And Beth is like, "All right, well, I'm gonna start at the other end. Then there's no need to re-listen to those because it fucked things up. So let's just listen to the last one and figure out what we can figure out." So I don't know why she does this, but she locks them out of the room, and I guess she puts on the headphones to like kind of make it so that the if Insulate. yeah it, that way yeah. if anything does get said on the tapes that it doesn't like make things worse that maybe she'll just hear it instead of everyone. But either way, who knows how the rules work with this shit anymore? <laughs> As she's setting up to listen to the tapes alone, she locks the kids out uh, in the living room. And this is where Ellie is out in the hall and she's like humming this like melodic kind of mom humming tune. Uh, sounds like lullaby. Oh, yeah. This is, a- yeah, this is actually another fun um, little tidbit. So the, the sort of lullaby that Ellie is singing is it's, I, I couldn't find an actual name for it. Um, Aside from like mo- most people, just call it the fairy lullaby, and it's it actually comes from Ireland and like I don't know if it's like Ireland, Scotland, like that you know sort of like part of the UK, um, and it's actually a song about so way way back people used to be very in that area used to be very concerned about fairies because they used to believe that like fairies would like steal your children. Because the idea was that, like, if your children got sick, um, that was because the fairies stole your real child and replaced it with just, like, a shitty, <laughs> not real baby. Victim blame. That's right. You're like, you're um, not my kid. You're some sick, disgusting version of my kid who throws up all the yeah, time. But that's, but that is, you know, that's, but that's what they thought. Um, and so, but they also thought that, like, you know, people, other people, could, you know, adults could be taken by fairies, too. So this lullaby is actually from the perspective of a woman who was kidnapped by the fairies and has been left to care for all of these children that aren't hers that were stolen by the fairies while her child is left motherless, like, back. That's really cool. Not in the fairy. That's, that's a lot of fun um, layers. It's a very layered, like, for she could have just been singing any creepy song, but I was like, oh, this is, like, this is a lot of stuff going on. Someone really thought about this particular lullaby for her to sing. I love stuff like that. <laughs> Me too. I love when people put, like, so much thought and energy into something that, like, almost nobody's going to consider. <laughs> but, like, you know what? We did. I, 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 found, I found it out. It's out in the world now. Cool. So props to whoever included that in the uh, in the final product. Ellie is kind of coaxing the youngest daughter over to the door, and she hops up on the barricade mm-hmm. of the door, and she's looking through and trying to communicate with her mom. She's like, "Mom, you know, are you all right? You're not you're not looking so hot." And she's like, "Oh, I'm fine now. Like, if you just let me in, I'll get, you'll give me a nice big kiss, and everything will go back to normal. Everything will be fine. I'll be all better." Your dad's here too. Yeah, she's like, "Well, yeah, your dad's here." She even goes, "She goes, come on, do it for mom and dad." And she, the way she like delivers that line is so good. It's like it's just that gross is like you can definitely see the the Jim Carrey coming through in that line delivery because it's very mm-hmm. much like do it for yep. mom and dad. <laughs> it's it, it's almost like Beetlejuice. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You're right. Yep. 
Ellie is able to convince um, her daughter to open the door. And it's like, it's very scary because she unlocks the door and the second she unlocks it, that door like fucking slams open. But it's already, but it's also like blocked off by like a big bookcase. So she can't like get all the way in. She can just get her arm in, right? And she like grabs her daughter and starts like choking her out and like holding her up just by one hand. It's really cool because it's, it's very reminiscent of like the trap door shots from like the original and the remake where like the demon is like poking his face in between the crack and it's like being held yeah. down by the chain. Yeah. Uh, but they managed to get the mm-hmm. door closed up again and then they kind of like fall back into the living room and she, uh, Ellie kind of hears the, uh, the cat scurrying around in the vents and just very conveniently slowly disappears out oh, of yeah, view from does. the peephole. Yeah, and um, Danny and Cassie kind of duck away into one of the bedrooms, um, and like, I, I like Danny is the one who's like who is actually being consoled by Cassie, the little one, uh, at this point because Danny's having like a full breakdown. Uh, and while they're off in that other room, uh, Beth finds Bridget in the kitchen and Bridget has, she's like squatting on the counter and like facing, like she's like facing the corner, but with her head, like in this like weird position, uh, and like the burner from the eggs before is still on, um, you, and you can tell right away she's up, Bridget's full, she's full deadite now. There's no way she's a normal person squatting like this on the counter oh yeah she Uh, turns around and she's got full-on possession complexion possession complexion and she's chewing on a wine glass she's just got such good glass eating oh she's got the stem of a wine glass in her hand and she's going full my strange addiction she's chewing on this thing blood is coming out of her mouth and she's just crunching on it and she goes she says something creepy like she's got like I gotta kill all the creepy crawlies that crawled into my stomach. So and I'm nasty. Like, you're gross. Yeah. And she she takes a big. This is actually I've never seen this before, and it's so gross. She she like says it and then finishes chewing a little bit and then swallows. And you can see as the glass goes down her throat, you can see the shards like poke through her neck as the muscles yeah it protrudes in a very satisfying but like tense way because you're like oh is it gonna come through and it just gives it enough like tension to kind of like yeah really make it comes through just a little bit just a little bit it's it's extremely uncomfortable i've never seen it before and then um uh, beth starts to back away and bridget starts to crawl after she jumps down and she's Beth scrambling away, and she, like, goes to, like, there's a bunch of stuff, like, shit scattered all over the floor, and she grabs a cheese grater and thro- throws it back to try and get away, and Bridget just, whoosh, like, Spider-Man, like, snatches it out of the air, and this, uh, everybody who sees this movie is gonna remember this. She Ugh, her takes Beth's, the back of Beth's leg, Ooh. and just drags, drags that cheese grater the full length of her calf. Oh, you know, I've, I've always been like irrationally kind of like, I like, I'll use a cheese grater for its purposes and stuff. But in the back of my mind, part of me is always like, 
it would suck to right there's always those intrusive thoughts where you're like man i really hope i don't (laughs) cheese grade my entire finger right like so and i don't know again this is another instance of i don't know if i've seen this before in a movie like just the (laughs) graphic use of a cheese grater to harm somebody it definitely stood out to people after the trailer came out because it was part of the trailer and it was uh i saw lots of cheese grater oriented posts and i think cheese grater was trending for a few days after the trailer came out on has Twitter. to be has to be that's that's so funny but yeah it's it's probably one of my more favorite bits because i just again this movie does a really good job of finding create new creative ways for deadites to harm people uh every every evil dead movie so far has done its job in in figuring out what fun ways we can hurt people this time so bridget Bridget flies in and goes to pounce on Cassie and Cassie holds up Staphanie on the sharp end and it goes right through her Stephanie. whole mouth and back <laughs> of head. Oh, <laughs> so and satisfying. Out the back of the head. Yo, this, this little girl is, is done. No, no. normal life for this girl ever. No hopes. Cause she just brained yeah, no, her this sister. Is, this is trauma forever. With Stephanie. <laughs> oh, and it's even grosser because uh, Bridget sort of like grabs the staff from her and then like pulls it out and then drops it and then eventually like collapses. But it's like you get this. Like, it's really so nasty because like, like the way that she, she pulls it out of herself. It's it's pretty. Yeah. Nasty. And the way that she it's, like, pulls it out, mouth, it makes it back, look right? like the so most like, satisfying, like nose picking of all time. Like she just like slides it out of her head slowly after it gives way. Oh and she God. just kind of has this moment of like, ah, uh, she passes out. Stay tuned five minutes from now for a more satisfying nose picking. <laughs> she completely passes out in the room. We, we assume she's, you know, dead enough. And they decide to wrap her up in tarps. And, and and they, like, bungee cord her, too. So she's, like, they've got this, like, sort of, like, new age mummy that's, like, t- like, like tarped up and bungee corded together. <laughs> uh, this is this is now um, toe sighting number uh, seven. Whose toes this, this is, time, though? Is it still mommy no, toes? No, this is not. This is uh, Bridget. Because she's wrapped up in the tarps, except for her feet. Bridget Toes. My favorite new Netflix romance <laughs> saga, The Bridget Toes. Oh, no, excuse me. This is number six, <laughs> not seven. So they have her tied up. Um, <laughs> we get, like, an, a little scene with uh, Cassie and Beth. Um, it's pretty cute. Um, I think this was in the trailers as well. Um, you know, Cassie's like, are we going to be Okay. Uh, like what's gonna happen and Beth is like everything's gonna be fine we're gonna get you out of here and she goes uh, you'd make a good mom you're good at lying to children and I actually love yeah. I really love that line because um, the one I love that like I love that little Cassie is like self aware enough to know that like adults mm-hmm. lie to children for their benefit uh, and also just because they lie to children regardless but uh it just like it's very very, heartfelt it's like it's like one of those things where like a kid says something and it's like way beyond their years and you're like ah damn it (laughs) yeah right um and it makes sense in the context of the movie because we haven't pointed it out but there's been a couple times i think where like 
Um, Beth has sort of like doubled over in pain for some reason, like because she's pregnant. Um, but for whatever reason, she's having some sort of like pains, um, to, to, I guess, remind us <laughs> if in case we forgot about that, uh, that pregnancy test at the beginning. Um, but yeah, so there's sort of this like sudden need to be to be motherly that like uh, Beth is experiencing like she's like having a probably the worst crash course at motherhood that could be possible yeah now that her sister is like a a raving lunatic woman she's feeling a a a maternal protection urge to uh make sure that her nieces and nephews get out of this alive it's not going well uh no uh to, to to put it lightly um but now this is when she goes uh, she turns to Danny and says, I want, I need to listen to that tape. Um, and Danny is like, but there's no power. Uh, like we, uh, there's no way to listen to it. And this is when she goes, I'll take care of that. Cut to montage of her using her audio engineer <laughs> prowess to like make it so that she can fucking listen to the headphones of this thing. It was, she turns it was funny. into the fucking peach farmer from uh, Hole. <laughs> She's like, I can fix that. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And so she fixes it up real quick. Um, she uses like the soldering kit from like uh, her sister's tattoo gear, all that shit. Um, she gets the sound up and running. This is when she locks herself in the room to listen to the um, listen to the audio. Danny goes out um, and like hears the um, like a, the commotion coming from where uh, Bridget is tied up. And so Danny goes into the room with a with like a little butcher knife, um, and kind of gets like stalked around because he goes in and Bridget's like not right, like not there, not good. Um, and then he, like, she should turn, still be there. And then he like tur- he hears and uh, they hear a noise and they turn around and like Br- Bridget has like unfastened all of the bungee cords, but is still draped in the tarp and is doing like a spooky ghost impression in the corner. It's like, really Ooh. good. I really like then, the visuals. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really, really she- funny. Um, and then dives at Danny. And this is when like Danny and Bridget have this like struggle and like Danny, like really doesn't want to hurt Bridget, even though Bridget's like clearly beyond fucked. She, <laughs> but like whatever, she flies across the room, like levitating and like pounces on him, and we get close up number seven of toes. So many toes. Um, but also this too is, many, too many. Um, after after Bridget or, or the deadite that is possessing Bridget uh, leaps, uh, she gets like skewered by the knife um, from Danny. And Danny's, like, shocked and, like, scared that they did that. But um, the struggle still, like, continues into the um, into the kitchen, I believe. Um, uh, the the yes. ca- Cassie sort of, like, breaks away and scrambles under the couch and hides. And uh, Bridget and Danny uh, continue fighting into the kitchen where Bridget sort of overpowers Danny and like slams them against like the uh the counter and another really brutal like uh attack that I like have not really seen very much like stabs the butcher knife through like the bicep of Danny and like yeah like, right through the pin- top of the bicep yeah like oh, pins them like, like pins bicep him. to counter and I was like oh no this one feels like it's 
really hurts. Then Bridget proceeds to like take like the the um uh the 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 tarp off of her face and then pukes like uh fucking drag me to hell style just pukes all the blood into uh into Danny's mouth and face. So much blood. And it looks pretty good. It looks pretty so, good. I gotta give it to it's him. It's good looking blood. I mean they they hey, they used a lot of blood in this movie to great effect. While that is happening in the kitchen, we cut over to uh Beth in the the audio like kind of studio and she is slowly scrubbing through mm-hmm. the audio on the record and almost like hereditary style we see beth like or we see ellie crawl out of a vent in the corner yes and she's like spider crawling across the wall as uh ellie it is like her, is it is like the end of hereditary it's so good. I love that. I love when you get a creepy lady spider crawling across this across the ceiling and it's not the focus of the shot. <laughs> like I love that. <laughs> Great editing and, uh, in this movie. So so it, well balanced. Yeah, For a movie that bounces basic. back and forth between like so many different events happening, it's it it never feels like whiplashy, you know. Like you're like you constantly want to know what's happening at all times. And the movie knows exactly when to 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 dip in and out. It's to swap it's really back good. and forth, yeah. But Danny realizes that he can reach like or they can reach like a, a some kind of like cooking spray, and uses the angle of the cooking spray to catch the flame off the burner on yeah, the stove. But still and going, lights Bridget on fire. Oh uh, yeah, but not before being stabbed like square in the chest. Like Bridget takes the uh, <sighs> takes the the knife out of the bicep and just smack dab right in the chest. Just stabs Danny, and it's like Plants no, it. I thought Danny was gonna make it. No, after the blood puke, I'm like Dan's done. So there oh, yeah, is no more sure. Danny. P- right. Possessed, but but even e- even without the blood puke, like I I was like, well, now we're definitely done because this is a this is a mortal wound here. <laughs> so Bridget becomes kind of emulsified and completely lit on fire and falls over, and then we cut back to the uh, studio room and. Beth looks up at the window just in time. So, like, basically, Beth, like, stumbles backwards, like, t- towards the window, like, backing away from from Ellie, um, you know, obviously scared. Um, and so she, like, isn't listening to the radio anymore or to the record. And Ellie goes over to the record and, like, Stitch from Lilo and Stitch. You remember that scene where, like, he, like, <laughs> it is exactly puts like his Stitch. finger. He put... He puts his finger on the record and Elvis comes out. <laughs> Fucking Ellie like puts her finger on the record and opens her mouth. And the 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 fucking crazy priest's recording just comes like blaring out of her mouth. Seriously, all I could think of was Lilo and Stitch at the scene. I was like, oh my god. It's so funny. It is exactly the same thing. <laughs> but it, you know, obviously very um significantly scarier. But uh but it was quite funny. Uh and while this is happening, uh, Beth like grabs a screwdriver and like the charges forward and stabs her sister like right in the throat. And we get this just like I love this transition because um, the 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 like record stops playing because she snaps her mouth shut and she just has this sort of like vaguely annoyed stare at her sister mm-hmm. and then cut and then cut to Beth being 
physically tossed out of the room, smashing through the door. <laughs> Flying through, right? Yeah. So like good. so slapstick. It's it's fucking hilarious. I I <laughs> I was dying. Um and so while Beth, now Beth is on the floor in the living room, um Danny comes stumbling out and like dies on the floor in front of her cuz Danny's got a gigantic knife in their heart. Um uh, Dan- uh, like uh, kind of as they're dying like looks over and sees Cassie under the couch and is like I'm sorry that I played the stupid fucking record um, <sighs> it's it's real this I honestly so at this point two of the children are dead I, I knew this was an evil dead movie and I knew it was going to be brutal, but I guess, like, part of me is still, like, trained to assume that the children will be fine, you know? I was thinking the a, same thing Up to the a certain age, right? You know, yeah. like, there's, there's, like, a threshold. And I think these, these kids are not old enough to, traditionally to, like, be in the okay to murder threshold. Like, they're all yeah. so young, and they're also so, like, innocent and nice. Like, that I was, like... I, I'm, I was shocked the whole movie because I'm like, well, I can't believe they, they did that to that girl. And then Danny died. I was like, I can't believe they did that to Danny. Yeah, it's a very interesting balance because like we said with the the last movie, the remake was super hardcore gory, very gory, tons and tons and tons of like metric tons of blood. And uh, this movie is a little less gory, I would say. Not like a whole lot less, but I think the intensity is a little bit smaller. But they make up for it by, like, aging the victims down, right? The the victims are now children, so it makes you feel a little bit worse. Yeah, exactly. It's it's less. It's an interesting trade off, but but almost feels worse. Yeah, it's it's a it it is interesting, and I wish you know because I saw a lot of like you know people commenting about how like oh it's not as good because it's not as gory, and I'm like, well, you kind of have to like look at it. You have to like look at it from a different angle um yeah you have to consider that like it's not just like a bunch of adults getting fucked up it's like violence being perpetrated uh against children Mm -hmm. so uh you know it's it's a it's a different it it, it's still gory and fucked up just on a from a different angle but yeah so beth gets knocked to the floor and uh she gets mounted by uh her sister Ellie jumps on top of her. Good choice of words. I mean, that's what she just jumps right up on up there, and she's just getting all gross. And she can, she can like. She says, "I'm going to devour your soul." And then she kind of flips Beth over onto her back, and she smells her stomach, and she's like, "Oh, two souls." Yeah, (laughs) I loved that. Where she sniffs her like navel and goes. Two souls, um, but also the "I will devour your soul" is an homage to the to the taker of souls demon from the remake. I thought um, it was a familiar, you know, kind of. But motif. a little bit later, we'll get a reference where the demons start to all chant "Dead by Dawn," and that is a reference to the to the original movie. Um, but yeah, I do love the the like oh two souls. <laughs> Um, and this is where we, as she starts to like, she's starting to like claw at the stomach and, you know, Beth is pleading and this is where Chekhov's scissors come in to play because, um, little Cassie goes like, Aunt Beth! And like slides the scissors across the floor. 
Oh, it's so quick. It's such a nice, smooth transition. She shoots him across the floor. Beth grabs him and aims him straight up at her sister. At her sister, and Ellie just leans down to like lunge at her and takes the scissors right up the nose. Straight oh up God. the nose. Straight dude. up the nose into her brain. Oh yeah, it's and this is what I meant with the another satisfying nose pick. This thing just goes. And it's, it's not even the full scissors. The scissors are, like, open. So it's only, like, one scissor blade, right? And right, the other like one is one just half, kind of, like, oh. right out. It's so good. Again, never saw that before. We're getting all sorts of new new visual treats for Matt's eyes. Um, and so she's just sort <laughs> of just, like, so now Ellie scissors in brain just sort of, like, slumps over. Um, and Cassie and Beth scramble uh, at, toward, out towards the door and they, like, uh, end up in the hallway because now they're like, you know, all right, we got to just get the fuck out of here. The hallway's littered with corpses. All those people we saw for, like, 2.5 seconds, super dead. Beth grabs the <laughs> shotgun. So now we are shotgun equipped. We have one of our two mandatory weapons in the franchise. Correct. Has, has made, it, made its debut. Yeah. It's funny because, like, even before she gets the shotgun – Beth goes to, like, open that door that everybody's been trying to get in the whole movie. She grabs the hammer, and it doesn't work. Like, she she tries to kick the door open and, like, hurts herself. And then she sees the shotgun. And it's funny because earlier in the movie, the guy suggested just blowing the door open, and somebody stopped him. It, it, it would have um, been the movie. And then, Beth, and then Beth does the same thing. She just goes, all right, shotgun, blam! <laughs> and just blasts the door open. Um... I, I, I think when she goes to grab the gun, too, the, the old guy uh, uh, wakes up and goes, that's my gun, bitch, or something like that, <laughs> like, like the equivalent, right? Like, and yeah, she, like, smash, she like smashes him in the face, and then, you know, and then that's when, uh, right as she opens the door, Ellie is now, like, standing in the hallway, like, she, like, pulled the scissors out of her face, um, and... She goes to, like, say, you know, something quippy, uh, and Beth just, like, blasts her leg off, which is a great, oh, I love my, a good dismembering. It's so funny. She shoots her, and she, like, drops face first to the floor because it, like, sweeps her leg out from under her and yep, blows her yep. leg off. And then she gets up again, you know, and we, we the Deadites are always, like, you know, like any possession story, they always pretend, like, Oh, suddenly I'm back to normal. Like, don't you feel bad for me? Come help me. Um, but they don't buy it. Um, then, like, I think uh, she blasts her arm off as well. Uh, and once once she's laying there on the ground, all of the corpses in the hallway sort of, like, reanimate. And all start... This is when they start chanting, like... Because uh, Ellie goes, Everyone in the building dies by dawn, Beth. And then they all start chanting, dead, dead by, by dawn, dawn, dead, dead by, by dawn. dawn. It's sick. And it's, it's great. It's it's a good scene. It's very chilling. The the two, uh, Danny and Bridget, crawl out of the uh, apartment and, like, start, like, like, laying on top of the mom. And they're, like, crying and laughing at the same time. It's just super a- fun. And everyone's, everyone's screaming dead by dawn and entrails are all over the hallway. It's it's great. Lightning's flashing. Um, Ellie, uh, or, or uh, not Ellie, uh, Beth and uh, 
and Cassie are in the elevator that has been like the doors have just been like opening and closing the whole time and turns out it's just because like ellie's keys were were stuck in the door frame and so ellie like grabs it before all the deadites can get to the door and then like you know they ride the elevator down into the uh parking garage but as they're going down uh this is where we get our the shining reference because as they're going down the whole like blood starts just pool in and fill the elevator as the elevator starts to fill up with blood, we cut back to the hallway where they were still screaming oh. and moaning. And all of the other deadites are piling on top of Ellie. And they're all, like, pushing their limbs, like, deep yeah, inside like, her wounds. They're, like, yeah, they're like sticking all of her open wounds. It's so gross. Oh. And we get – and then also there's a shot of the Necronomicon and its pages are like fluttering in the wind and it's like, oh, blood in the elevator. Oh, what are they doing inside their mom there? Oh, here's the here's the Necronomicon. It's like so much back and forth and the Necronomicon like stops as it's open to this like double-page spread of this drawing of like a person with just like a thousand arms. It's like a spider – amalgamation of a person yeah. where it's got all these limbs and they're coming out in weird directions and they're writhing it's just gross but Boys they start nasty. they're taking the elevator down and the blood is like rising up over their heads at this point and uh all of a sudden there's a slam on the top of the uh the elevator and there's an open panel where all of these arms like it feels like eight arms are just reaching into the like top mm-hmm. of the elevator grabbing at them and yep. uh as as the blood rises up over their heads they can't breathe anymore and the cable gives way because we see like a flash of a weight capacity uh yep. like yeah. panel <laughs> get like covered in blood and it gets the cable snaps we get a shot of the elevator lobby at the bottom floor and we hear the the elevator slowly falling and falling and then slams into the ground and the doors burst open and we get a huge wave of blood uh beth and cassie come flying out on a oh, just it's so good. absolutely beautiful blood I'm, I'm just gonna i'm flood. just gonna say it, it if your movie has an elevator filled with blood like if you give me a tidal wave of blood i'm probably gonna give your movie a good review that's like my one like you know prove us I, wrong I, I you know I, I it's probably gonna be a good time for me if there's a tidal wave of blood involved so absolutely loved it um there's like a quick scene of like oh is cassie alive is she dead but no she, she picks up her up she's cough, absolutely up they're both absolutely drenched in blood and she picks up cassie and cassie looks up at her and she's like am i dead <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, so fu- this little girl really slays it in this movie. She's so funny. Her her little like comedic uh she's got all like, these great one-liners. L- l- yeah, l- one-liners that she has. Th- she does a great job. Good 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 child actress for this movie. Um they then cut to they finally they make it into the parking garage. Uh they find a car. Um they hit the like little like door open button to open the the uh the little grate um they go to drive off and their car gets like stuck in like the fissure of the asphalt that like was created by the earthquake which is like come on um and then like the door that they just came from like opens but they can't tell like oh what just came from it 
until until eventually Beth like leans her head out of the car and in like this like mist that is forming in the uh parking garage we see just the silhouette of it's like something like it's like remember uh like the when the the mom and the son get combined in color out of space oh it looks just like that it's like a beast of many limbs (laughs) and it is racing racing through the like smoke created by her burning the tires out in the ditch yeah, so basically what we have here is uh the 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 two so Danny and Bridget have combined their mass into the body of Ellie. So what we have is like a 12-limbed creature that is just skittering and crawling around. Um It looks like the grafted from like uh yeah, from Elden Ring. Elden Ring. Yes, it is like that. Um, it's really gnarly and uh, it, something we haven't really seen before. Like, it's another, like, twist, uh, you know, off of the, the normal Evil Dead formula that I really liked. I thought this was, like, uh, you, you know me, Eric. I love a good surprise creature at the uh, tail end of the movie. Yeah, we usually don't get a fun, like, boss monster, per se, at the end of yeah. these. Um, I, I guess the remake had one. Well, yeah, but that was still just like a normal bipedal humanoid thing, yeah. right? Like that this was, is it a was true it was a boss monster. Yeah, this thing is like it's got sequel all over. Like you got to go bigger, right? Like make a crazy yeah. monster. <laughs> like so, but but I love it. This thing is is super creepy, but it's also like not just a random monster. Like it's a it's just this these two girls' family smushed together into something that's trying to murder them which i love it's it's very scary so we get a very tense sort of like um stealth sequence where the two girls are trying to like sneak around and not get caught by this creature yeah they're Um, trying to cat and mouse their way around the side of the car so that they can head towards the exit yeah and um so they do manage to like get towards the exit um it starts to like close and Beth, you know, slides her way under, but Cassie doesn't quite make it, and she uh, gets, like, dragged away. Um, and so this is, like, the sort of, like, call-to-action moment where now Beth has to be like, well, do I get me and my baby the fuck out of here? Or, like, do I go back and save Cassie? And, uh, you know, obviously she goes back go to save her niece. Cassie. Of course she's got to go save her niece. You can't not save that girl. She's too cute. She's going to be better than whatever baby you make anyway. <laughs> Your dumb roadie baby. You gotta save Cassie. Come on. Go with the devil you know. So she's using the uh, shotgun to kind of bash in a piece of the fence on the other side of, like, the, the garage gate. And yeah, the yeah. monster kind of pulls Cassie into this, like, open, like, truck bed. It's like some sort of utility truck. It looks like where you would store lumber and stuff. Yeah, it was, it was a weird truck, but yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, so... There's like a little opening where you can see Cassie and uh, the amalgamation of her, you know, siblings and mother are like cornering her in the back of this truck and her brother's face kind of turns and eyes the chainsaw (laughs) and picks up this yellow chainsaw and revs it and he's swinging it around and uh, Ellie's face gets really close to Cassie and she's like, oh, mommy just wants to take your pretty little head off. Uh, That's great. 
Um, and that's right as like she's about to get cut with the chainsaw. That's when like this uh, amalgam monster uh, gets blasted from behind by a shotgun. We get a cool over the I don't know shoulders shot of the, <laughs> <laughs> of, uh, of Beth. Like she's sort of like. It, it, like ninja perched up atop this like um like industrial wood chipper and she's, she's got very like heroic kind of like i got you yeah. now bitch and there's like a fun like music cue and she looks real yeah. heroic and then and it, this is my favorite <laughs> move ever the the monster throws the chainsaw over its shoulder throws and it. Beth tries to block it with the shotgun and immediately gets (laughs) knocked off of her heroic perch. She's like, ah, fuck. (laughs) I love, I love the, no one expects to get the chainsaw thrown at them. That's so funny. So funny. But yeah, and so the, uh, the creature like scrambles forward and starts pulling, starts pulling, uh, Beth trying to get her feet closer and closer to the wood chipper she's getting dragged closer she's freaking out and i was like oh no not the foot not the foot because if you'll remember from the evil dead 2013 mio just like straight up lost her arm and also got like her entire knee sliced open yeah like, she, she got to, like, fucked pull up her whole arm off Ugh. so losing a foot to a wood chipper didn't seem out of the realm of possibility for me so i was like no oh no oh no <laughs> So the amalgamation's up on top of the wood chipper, and it's pushing her and pulling her limbs a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and mm-hmm. Cass has just enough time to run over and slam the off lever on the uh, the rollers for the uh, like the blades in the machine itself, mm-hmm. and that gives uh, Ellie just enough distraction time so that she can kind of kick her way out from the grip and the grasp of the monster and pulls the monster down onto the kind of loading tray that the wood chipper has. Beth kind of regathers herself and uh, picks up the chainsaw, revs up the chainsaw and starts just slicing into this thing and just going to town. Very, a very similar shot to how to the, like the killing blow from 2013's evil dead. But yeah, still, we get like a cool profile of the like <laughs> yeah. uh, you love, chainsaw you love plunging it. into it. <clears throat> um, as like the and you see all the bits of like the ch- the the other like Bridget and Danny getting like sucked in and chopped to bits, and this whole thing is just spraying gore all over this fucking parking garage. Like it's yeah, it's, she it's screams, she's like, "Turn it on, Cass!" And Cass hits the on switch, and then like ducks next to the machine. And the out nozzle from where all the, like, wood chips would be flying starts, like, rotating and, like, moving because it's being loaded with stuff. And it is just launching blood rain all over this garage. It's so funny. Uh, and and so that scene, the scene keeps going until there's only just, like, the top bit of Ellie left. And uh, we, we just, like, this has happened in like all the evil dead movies but it, i remember there was like a scene similar in 2013 where like all of a sudden she like is pretending to be like herself again like she's just very normal even though she's like basically just a head yeah and she she like looks at beth and she's like you know you look just like mom right you know and she goes uh and you're gonna fuck that baby up just like she fucked us up and then 
she calls her by like a pet name that I don't really recall what it is, like Bethy Boo or something like that. Yeah. Um, and then she goes, only my sister gets to call me that. And then she just does like a straight, like, like vertical stab with the chainsaw into the head, <laughs> the remaining head of Ellie. And it goes like, and just like takes it out and just kicks the rest of it into that fucking wood chipper. Uh, it's so satisfying. I loved it. Only my sister gets to call me that. Her head hits the, like, wood chipper blades and just splat, like, completely just turns into fucking juice instantly. It's pretty hardcore. I mean, if we didn't already have a great wood chipper scene in, uh, with, with Michael Myers, I'd say this is, like, one of the better ones I've seen. Oh, this is the second grinding of a a major villain into pulp, huh? I yeah, like that. Pul- I like that pulping. for this year. Yeah, this is the year of the pulping. So they 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 have a nice hug between aunt and niece. They are both bloody, absolutely drenched in blood. Oh, also though, I do one thing. I do in, in this condition. One I, <laughs> well, one thing I want to point out that I I, I I remember from in the theater is like, and I always find this funny because I get it. They're all actresses and actors, and like, it's all fake. But, like, it's very funny to me when when these characters are, in any movie, are, like, covered in blood and gore, but they have just the whitest fucking teeth. <laughs> like, they've got, they've got fucking the great, like, most pristine veneers on. <laughs> and you're like, come on, you couldn't, you couldn't, like, mussy up those teeth just for the scene? They gotta be, they have to be, like, like, UV sensitive white where it's just like <laughs> they're just that's the glowing beaming see. teeth yeah <laughs> but uh but you know that's a minor gripe but so yeah we get the the two girls share a hug and then they they walk off into the distance with the chainsaw obviously you got to keep the chainsaw we get a really sad like last uh shot before the like post credits thing um or like the post story thing where like it, it cut like the camera sort of like pans away from the two girls back to the family car and there's just like this sad photograph of like the whole family together on like a roller coaster like you know those roller coaster like candid that you a get like it kitschy like keychain like, photo yeah, of them it really it really cemented how bad i felt about the fate of these people because i was like oh Look at them. They went used to go to Six Flags together. Like I was so, <laughs> they went to Bush Gardens that one time. It was so sad. As they walk out into the distance, the yeah, the movie fades off and then kind of we get introduced to an interesting new character. This girl seems like kind of kind of ditzy. She's on the phone, she's pretty distracted. She's explaining she to someone how we, we see that we're on the fifth floor of the building now, and it's morning time, and uh, she's, like, headed down to the garage. She's like, you know, I had a really rough night. I could barely sleep. The thunder kept me up all night. I had no power. It sucked, but I'm so excited that we're all meeting up to go on vacation together. It, we're going to have such a good time this weekend. And she makes her way to her car in the, the parking garage, which is absolutely flooded with blood. You would smell this blood. You would see this blood. She makes it all the way to her car, into her car, puts the car in drive, and looks out the rearview mirror before she realizes, oh, 
there's been like a huge massacre in this fucking garage. Yeah, it's crazy how long it goes before she realizes it. Also, we see that she's FaceTiming with whatever her name is from the beginning of the movie. The her Teresa. cousin. Her bra- so yes, we b- realize this is cousin Teresa. This is Teresa and Jessica from the very beginning of the movie. Jessica. Right. I don't know if we said it, but but at the beginning of the movie, after the cold open, we there's like a <coughs> one like there's like a three days earlier. I think it's like, like a, a, a couple hours a earlier, earlier or something. It's it's like uh, within yeah, a day, something like that. So yeah. Jessica gets out of her car and starts looking around the parking garage, and that's when all of a sudden, from all four directions, we get the POV of the Kandari demon flying back into the garage to repossess her. Also, we get a couple little, like, cute shots of, like, squibs on the ground, like, twitching and stuff. Like, bits of flesh, sort of, like... <laughs> squibs! <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, uh... And and that's the end of the movie. It's it, a little bookend with our, uh... With our friend Jessica. And, and that's it. That's the... I really, really liked the starting at the end, beginning situation. And I liked the way they did it. Yeah, the little bookend situation. Yeah, I think well, it was because, a very good round story. Well, so basically what I read was that the um, Lee Cronin, when he was writing it, he he wanted to set the movie in a really different place from all the rest of the series. So he was like, well, I'll put it in this, like, you know, the middle of the city in this, like, apartment building. But he also wanted, like, to do, to touch on, like, the creepy cabin stuff. So he wrote the beginning scene and he's like, well... Well, now how do I tie this all together? And so, like, basically, he pe- he pieced it, and he was like, oh, well, you know, it, this is what we got, was him, him figuring out how to, like, get everything he wanted all into one movie, which I love. I love when a, I, a, a writer's really able to, like, solve a problem uh, very artfully like that, you know? And honestly, uh, I don't even think we needed the, like, one day earlier timestamp situation when we cut away from it in the beginning after the, yeah, the title drop. Yeah, I think drop. it would have been very obvious, yeah. but, you know, we can't... Either way, it we, worked we out can't really well. assume that people figure that out, Eric. Yeah, so that is Evil Dead Rise. A fantastic movie, tons of fun. It, it, it's just, you know, top, top, top 10 of the year already, without a doubt for me. Uh, huge recommend. You'll have a great time. You probably already saw it. So, this is where we're at. Um, I think uh, compared, I would say the remake is easily a 9 or 10, and I think this slots in as a, a very strong 8 for me. Yeah, I'd give this one, you know, 8.5, maybe 9. Um, I, I'd still say the remake barely squeaks by for me, just be almost exclusively because i just really love jane levy um and i think her performance as mia was was just so strong both in and out of deadite form uh and and i think maybe uh in this movie our main character of beth um while lily sullivan was good i just don't know if she was like quite as strong um you know, so yeah, like, I think she had a lot other. It's very, I, like, the kids you know, picked up a lot of weight in that department as far as carrying like the protagonist's big, roles throughout. Big, big props to uh, Nell Fisher. I hope she's a child star that we get to see a lot more of, but also not because uh, Hollywood 
uh, ruins these children. So maybe like one more movie where she's cute in and we can leave her alone. <laughs> Please. <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's the movie. Uh, let's move on to uh, we got any final cuts, Eric? Anything else? We separate do from have some final on? cuts. So I saw this trailer a couple times now. I saw it both times that I saw uh, The Evil Dead Rise. Uh, it is a trailer for the movie Talk to Me. It a it's a A24 mm. horror. I'm going to say horror movie. I'm tired of calling A24 movies films. Uh, they are movies, just like any other movie interchangeably <laughs> could be called a film. We are not scholars here it's it's a 24 movie but it looks really good uh it looks really creepy it looks like they have this cool like artifact and when you engage with the artifact you can like talk to dead people on the other side and it looks like a really just fun and interesting uh spooky movie coming soon yeah it kind of gives me like smile vibes you know what i mean yeah a little bit a little bit um yeah which was a good surprise i i I watched the. it was a good surprise uh i watched the trailer right before we recorded and i think it also looks really creepy and and interesting i think it'll be a fun time uh you can always i i feel like you know a24 has got it's got the track record we can pretty much say that we'll be at the very least a little bit entertained by that movie oh Um, i'm definitely checking it out for sure 100 percent. i mean honestly probably stay tuned like we'll probably have an episode about that one um from as far as i go my final cut i have been reading a little horror novel called the troop by nick cutter um i recommended that eric uh check it out he's working his way through the audiobook uh, i haven't finished it yet but i can even halfway through I can definitely give this a recommend. Um, the The story is the, the the style of writing is very Stephen King, like early Stephen King. Um, it's about a, uh, a a small troop of like Boy Scouts, but they're not Boy Scouts because they're in Canada, so they're like the Canadian equivalent, um, like Adventure Scouts. Yeah, there's a troop of Boy Scouts. Um, and their scoutmaster go to an island uh, for, like, a weekend getaway where they're going to earn, like, their, like, merit badges and stuff. And while they're there, a mysterious stranger shows up on the island who is noticeably sick and, like, bone thin. And he just has an insatiable hunger. And no matter how much he eats, he... It doesn't help him or do him any good. And so stuff sort of like spirals out from there. I don't want to give away too much, um, but it's a really compelling, well-written sort of like coming of age body horror novel. Uh, And I'm really excited by it. Like I, I picked it up on a whim and just kind of like started reading the book when I was like waiting for something and just the first chapter in i was already hooked and uh it, i it's just been a non-stop like awesome ride the whole way through uh 
I'll, I'll probably give an update on a future podcast once I finish it. Um, but I think we'll also we were talking about doing an episode about it. So maybe our first um, episode about a novel. So stay tuned. for Very that. possibly uh, our first big, book big, episode. Yeah, big recommend. Uh, so listeners, if you are uh, fans of horror and you also like a good novel here or there, uh, go check it out. It's called The Troop by Nick Cutter. I've been having a great time. Um, other than that, I think we're uh, I think we're set for this week. Yeah, that's uh, that's everything from us. Uh, remember yeah. to check out the uh, link in the description. That is a link to our uh, totally free for now Discord um, until mm-hmm. we uh, deem it might be time to make some cuts, but. For now, we have a totally free Discord you can join. We post all sorts of horror news throughout the week. Uh, there's all sorts of other fun discussions going on on there with our friends. And, yeah, we're all uh, artists. So if you're an artist and you want to like uh, like chat, do some art chatting, that's that's one of the areas that we, we cover a lot on the Discord. Um, also, check we have- out our... Go on. Oh, we definitely have the Twitter and the Instagram. That is the Devil Cut Pod. Uh, mm-hmm. Just exactly how it sounds. It's the Devil's Cut Pod on Twitter and Instagram. We haven't been posting as much on there because we're trying to kind of like really get the Discord going. But if you're looking for updates, that plus we're also just very busy. all good spots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're working our way. We're gonna get back to it. Um, but yeah, so. Join the join the Discord, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, and every Monday and Friday uh, I stream on Twitch, uh, so that's Matt X Young, uh, so twitch.com slash Matt X Young. Eric's there most of the time, uh, world famous spooky fiance Heather is there almost every time with <laughs> she me because she's famous. in the same room. She is world famous. She the people we from have all international over the world listen to this podcast, so she's world famous. Sh- shout out, shout out to the international listeners. <laughs> um, she's there almost every time because she has to be because she's in the same room. Uh, and we stream horror games. Right now, we're working our way through the Resident Evil series. Um, feel free to stop by, chat with us. If there's a game, scary game you want us to play, suggest it. We'll probably play it if somebody wants us to. So yeah. Uh, that's all. Thank you for joining us this week on The Devil's Cut. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Everybody, creep it real. Oh, yeah.